Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Are you following From Within Records on social media? Please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and hit that follow button so you can stay up to date on all the upcoming news. The One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 was recently announced to be coming out this summer, featuring exclusive tracks from Cruelty, Moment of Truth, Payback, Invoke, Mind Force, Pain of Truth, Point of Contact, Year of the Knife, Dead Heat, Final Right, Scourge, Struck Nerve, Raw Brigade, Burning Strong, Striker, Outnumbered, and Almighty Watching. I'm so pumped for the summer, and I can't wait. I love From Within Records. I love the One Scene Unity idea. It's it's just so cool to me, and I'm happy that it's happening again this year. Last year's comp was amazing, and I'm definitely looking forward to this year's comp. So please, like I always say, support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we uh, had to track down Jeff and Nate. People were wondering where the MMA podcast went. We're still here. We just uh, took some time to let things rebuild. But here we are, UFC on ABC, Vittori versus Holland. I'm pretty pumped on this card. Uh, there's been a whole lot of awesome and interesting MMA news that we cover. So if you're uh, available, uh, this podcast is dropping today on Friday. Uh, make sure to tune into Bellator tonight on Showtime. Bader versus Machida 2. This uh, light heavyweight tournament is going to be amazing. and I'm so stoked that it's finally starting. So stoked for Bellator today. But tomorrow we have UFC on ABC, Vittoria versus Holland, and it's going to be a fun card. And like I say, during the podcast, the fight that I'm most excited for is Arnold Allen versus Sadiq Youssef. Uh, I think that's going to be fight of the night, and I'm super stoked. And it was so fun for me to be able to sit back down with Nate and Jeff and just talk about MMA. It's something that I, I, I'd love to do, and I, I get it. I, I enjoy other sports. I, I watch football. I watch hockey. I, I love tennis. But I'm not super knowledgeable on those sports like I am with MMA. So when I get to sit down with uh, some of my best friends and just share our knowledge and debate and just have these amazing conversations, it's something that I truly love. So strap in. Enjoy this free knowledge. This is free. We're not charging you. This is this is all free. Enjoy. Enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Nate and Jeff to the show. back welcome nate and jeff the mma show is back this is awesome hey guys what's going on it's been too long i don't dude where i want to start is last night we saw some controversial (laughs) stuff over in one and i felt the and i'm still going to speak about eddie alvarez and demetrius johnson but uh when i saw the eddie alvarez situation I felt like the ref did a really bad job at uh, calling that whole situation. He, he didn't really, because uh, if you look at the, because I've watched the replay so many times and like uh, maybe, maybe a couple strikes to the back of the head, but not enough to get him disqualified, get, to get him that red card and just kind of ruin that whole experience for him. 
And I, I felt like, okay, like, am I being biased because I'm an Eddie Alvarez fan? And I went and just look, kind of looked at the general reaction, and a lot of people were in the same boat. And I was like, okay, I feel like my feelings are justified. And it was just so shitty. I feel like he's had just such a you know bad luck going over there and like you know the stuff that he's having to deal with obviously um some like you know uh legit losses but just that whole situation situation was just so terrible honestly it's kind of you could say the same about the dj situation there are so many people that were calling that illegal even though but it's just the thing is we're used to a different rule set because of you know where they're based out of and where ufc bellator is based out of you know, they don't follow the same rules as us. And maybe they take back the head strikes a lot more seriously, you know? And, and even if it's just one or two, I think honestly it was the way he reacted. And, the, you know, the guy was just like, he saw like, yeah, it did look like he hit him in the back of the head. And for him to grab the back of his head and react like that, not saying he played it up or anything like that, but I think that really is why the ref did the decision he did. And actually the follow-up shot after he was acting like that, Eddie Alvarez did punch him back in the head pretty fucking hard. But I don't think he deserved a red card. I, I think that ref made a really bad call. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm on the same page as you guys. If, if at the very least, instead of just like giving him a red card and disqualifying him, maybe take a point away if you're that passionate about it. I mean, you got to think this is the first time that one has been on TNT. And this is one of the headlining fights, right? It's a very important fight. Obviously, a ref shouldn't have that in their mind when they're making judgment calls like this. But I think it didn't do the card any favors by the ref doing Alvarez like that. I I didn't like it at all. And it's unfair to Alvarez, 100%. He was doing great. And I think he he could have potentially finished him there, even if he wasn't landing in the back of the head. I think he kind of had him tied up and I don't, I don't see how the guy was going to get out of it. Yeah. He should have at least got definitely a point taken away or, or even a, a yellow card. That's, I feel like that could be fair. All right, cool. Cause maybe there was like, yeah, like one or two strikes that like probably landed like flush on the back of the head. But ah man, I, I just watched that and, and just to you know, know what people go through just to get to the fight and for it to end like that. And, and then watching his post fight interview and then his reaction walking backstage and, it just sucks. Yeah, it, it was a totally, totally bad look for that ref. Um, I definitely looked on on like social media and stuff after it happened, and it seems like universally everybody just is siding with Alvarez. Yeah, and so I mean, that. But whether they'll overturn it or not, because no. he was talking about doing that, I don't think they're going to do that. No, that, that's a something that rarely gets. They might overturned. make it a no contest, if anything. But yeah, it's just one of those. It's a bad situation for, you know, TNT was probably like, all right, we yeah. got our own MMA organization, like a really big one, really, you know, kind of gaining a lot of traction. You know, yeah, it's one of the top dogs. I mean, maybe not in the U.S. yet, but everywhere, you know, overseas. That's like the UFC, you know? And so to try to break out and do really well, like you said, Jeff, it it doesn't look good. I mean, even with a lot of people, maybe they should have took more time to even explain the rules a little more because even with like what happened with DJ, a lot of people were calling foul for that because, you know, it's just not common to see that. But I mean, even how DJ explained, like he, even after the fight, he said he believes those type of strikes should be legal because a lot of people will, stall a fight 
just sitting on their knees rather than, you know, having to progress. And so if you have that danger, you always have to keep moving, which I agree to. Yeah. You got to think that if, if there was like a casual fan, we'll call them watching that and they have the Aljamain Sterling thing like fresh in their mind and maybe they don't know that one is different and has a different rule set. They didn't tune in at the beginning and things like that. I could see why someone would think that, but it's just weird with one, how that is allowed, but Alvarez is getting red carded for something that is arguably way less damaging. Yeah. It, it, it's just a whole frustrating thing, but you know, it was crazy to see DJ get uh, knocked out like that. But obviously, we got to give props to the, the champ, Adriano Marais. Uh, he he did his job and you know looked great. But um, I'm just really curious to see how much uh, you know DJ has left. Is he? Are we at the point where he's slowly like losing motivation? Because you got to realize he's been at the top for so long, and yeah, he had that decision loss to Cejudo and uh, went on a nice uh, win streak, but you know um these losses and he's getting older uh you know time's not on his side so I, i'm curious to see uh how he bounces back yeah well, he didn't seem like he wanted to keep fighting too long you know he kind of hinted that you know once one fc his run here is done he's gonna retire from the sport i don't think he'd go out on a loss like that maybe if he gets like another fight and he wins he might call it a day you know, run out on a win. It kind of maybe depends more on how many fights he's still contracted to do. He might want to finish that out. So, you know, because you never want to... I think it'd be better to end as a free agent, even if he's not planning on fighting, just in case, you know, you don't have any legal responsibility to anyone. You know, you're just like, okay, you know, I'm, if I wanted to do something for fun or things like that, it wouldn't have to get approval. That's what I would do, at least. For sure. Um, I will say this just from the little amount of fight that we got to watch leading up until that exchange, or I guess exchange is the wrong word up until that happened. It looked like mighty mouse was actually out of his element. Like it felt to me like Marias was getting the better of pretty much everything leading up to that. Um, I, I also, he also looked way bigger Marias. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that guy. You look at the lineup when they're face to face; they weren't even at the same yeah. level at all. Yeah, that dude must be cutting a ton of weight to be able to get down to the to one twenty five. Um, I hey, props to Marias. I would love to see him in the UFC and see what he does against that lineup. I think that would be incredible. Honestly, well, flyweight's a little heavier in one FC, no? Uh, yeah, and they also uh, do. They have like the whole. Um, uh, they, they like take your uh, hydration level for your uh, you know weight cutting, so you, you're not allowed to cut a crazy amount of weight. Allegedly, really? yeah. I'm, who is? Uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan. And, that dude was huge. Um, what, what was the actual weight class? I think it's 135. Yeah, or something around there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's like instead of 125, it's 135. Yeah, it's it, it's not the same as UFC. That dude looked big for 135, even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he looked like he could be a, like if he came to UFC. I don't like if he made 135. He'd be killing people. Like he'd be way bigger than most of the bantamweight. Chill, chill. He ain't holding a candle oh, yeah. to Corey Sanhagen. My boy, is the Sandman would whoop that fool. Dude, how sick would that fight be? Mariah's versus Sanhagen. I would love it. I want to yeah, see. Yeah. I, 
I want to see Marais go beat up TJ Dillashaw. I want to see everybody beat up TJ Dillashaw. I hate that guy. Dude, I I think Sanhagen's going to whoop his ass. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm going to be eating popcorn. I'm doing something fun that night. I'm going to enjoy that. (laughs) God. I don't don't beef the guy necessarily, um, but I just think Sanhagen is going to be too much. I beef him because he's a cheater. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's hard to argue. Oh, I mean, sure. it's just, yeah. it, you're always going to have that asterisk to your name now. I mean, it was even when, um, when a uh, spider, you know, Anderson, he tested, you know, for a steroid, even though he blamed dick pills. Yeah, that's, it, yeah. you know, it's still, you know, it puts an asterisk to where everyone's like, what else were you doing? And you didn't get caught, you know, exactly. especially with the performances he had. So, I mean, TJ's always been kind of accused. You know, the whole that was the whole Cody Garbrandt thing. He was well, always bringing up about that as well. Also, Uriah Faber never came out and accused him, but he definitely alluded to TJ doing stuff, but didn't come out and say it. But it's like, pay attention. You knew what he was leading to. And uh, when you got the guys who are closest to you trying to expose you and uh, put your business out there like that, and then you eventually do get popped, it, it's kind of hard not to look the other way and think like, okay, maybe this was the only time. It, it's like, no, I, I think he's been doing it the whole time. You know, I I would agree with that. And, you know, he got caught. He was gone for two years. Um, that's severely damaging to his career, especially considering how he's viewed now by a lot of people in general. You know what I mean? He deserves it. He was cheating for sure. Um, I'm down to give him a, a chance to come back on a clean slate and see yeah, what happens. Yeah. I think even if the cheating stuff never would have occurred, that Sandhagen whoops his ass, though. Yeah, come back, take your beatings, and then get the hell out of here. So, uh, where do you guys want to start? When you want to go all the way back to two fifty nine without Asanya, uh, and oh. talk about how the results of that, or you want to just talk about Edwards versus Mohammed? Are you we just no, chugging uh, along? No, we, we have to go more recent. If, if, if you're not paying attention, you want, uh, you want to start with Ingano Stipe? Yeah, we can start there. Was that too yeah. far? Back? No, nah. nah, that's that's the last event. So. Well, and honestly, um, Ngannou's uh, still in the headlines. We got this whole controversy. Uh, you know, is Jones going to get the fight? Is he not going to get the fight? And it sounds like he's not going to get the fight because they tried booking. Uh, they they tried booking Ngannou, uh Lewis too, which is insane because uh, Derek Lewis could be the greatest heavyweight of all time if you think about it. He has the most KOs, so and I he's, mean. he's one of two guys to beat Francis in the UFC. Yeah, I'm down to see them run it back, especially with Lewis not like having back issues and Nganu is just terrifying and confident. I think they're going to get after it, and especially in comparison to that last fight. But let's be real. I want to see Jones way more, way fucking more. I think they need to pay Jones and just make it happen, and that's going to be a huge fight. Francis did that um, podcast with uh, Tyson and Brendan Schaub, and they asked him, and he said he wants to do Jones. Like, he, he was he was like that's the fight to make. I that's the fight I want. I and, I heard that the odds like they did they did odds on if that fight was going to happen that Ngannou was favorited. Yeah, they brought mm-hmm. that up during the podcast too. There and it's crazy because it'd be the first time that Jones is underdog. And you think about that, like what kind of motivation would that be for him? Honestly, it's just right now it's just money. That's really what's hindering the fight. Yeah, and Lewis is a, a, a big problem because for him to come out and say that he would, uh, you know, do it for eight mil when they were offering Jones eight to ten mil, 
uh, I feel like that's why there's there and there still hasn't been like a fires union. It's because situations like that, there's always going to be somebody who will take um, less than what the greater fighter deserves, if that makes sense. And yeah. I honestly feel like you look at the like the, the status, of, status of John Jones, if, if we look at him like objectively, he's never lost a fight. Yeah, he has one loss on his record. He was DQ'd. Uh, there's like a weird rule with the uh, 12 to six elbows, but he was whipping Matt Hamill for anybody can go back, watch that fight. If you haven't seen it, he was, he did not lose that fight, but no. people, uh, you know, John Jones, this is like one of the situations where it's like one in a million type fighters. You know, if you look at what he's done in his career, his type of skill set, his frame, everything super rare fighter. And then you get a, this guy, Francis Ngannou, you know, about his story also super rare. So to, to have this point in their careers where they can get matched up, it's like, okay, do whatever it needs to uh, you know take to make this fight happen. Pay the guys the money they deserve because they're going to bring in so much more money. This is going to be the biggest fight in UFC history because think about that matchup and what both guys are bringing to the table and what this is going to do for their legacy. And obviously, this is if, if the fight does happen, which I hope it does, it's not going to be the only time unless one of them dies or something weird happens. But we could get an awesome trilogy out of this and it, it, it could be massive, bigger than anything Connor's done, I think. Yeah, I could be crazy, uh, but just I, I think they bring a lot to the table and just yeah, I, I just wish they would get it done. And if the, the fact that they tried to do Lewis and Ganu too kind of has me scared because obviously John Jones, he's made a ton of money, so he doesn't need to fight. And, you know, he, there was those tweets where he was asking, asking to be released and blah, blah, blah. Then he did that April's the April Fool's tweets and he had dinner with Dana and all that weird stuff. It's just like I, I, I wish that the UFC could just have way better perspective and obviously they're a business they want to make money so they don't want to really give guys what they really deserve and that sucks and it pisses me off yeah i feel like something like that might even be out of data white's control like maybe it's the owners of the ufc like setting a very specific like number that he's budgeted and he just can't go beyond it i mean you got to think if jones got like 10 million plus pay-per-view percentage and the thing does close to, I think it would do close to a million pay-per-view buys for sure. I think it, it, fight. If they market it right, it could do over a million easy. Yeah. But I mean, if, if he gets 10 million, like flat rate, and then a percentage of the pay-per-view and it does like 800,000 to a million, he'll make a shitload of money. It's got to be close to the number of what he's asking for. And you got to think they could actually play at, do, like do this fight in a coliseum if they wanted they i mean all the things are starting to open up they can get fans they can sell you know they were talking about the cowboy stadium at one point things like that not for this fight specifically but if they were talking about that for other fights why wouldn't you do it for this fight you think that wouldn't sell out it would sell out instantly like they would make so much money for sure just that alone so well jones said that the eight to tell or excuse me the eight to ten mil offer was on the very low end uh he he should I think what he was asking was thirty to forty million, which I think is totally fair. It, yeah, I mean, if he he's, he must be wanting like a flat rate thirty to forty million, and then plus pay per views or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the business that well. Yeah, but well, they he, haven't really talked about it. You know, it's just how it is. They're always gonna have that kind of debate. You know, amongst themselves, amongst their managers. So, I mean, we can speculate all we want, but, yeah. unless, you know, no. him throwing out actual numbers, I think, kind of hinders the negotiations personally. 
No, this is uh, it's a tactic. They're uh, negotiating publicly, which doesn't really pan out well for the people who've done it, except for Conor McGregor. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Joe Rogan who, who said that Joe Jones was um, wanting 30 to 40. Um, and you, you got to realize like his managers um, and like his management company, they also manage professional um, athletes like uh, football players. And obviously his brothers are professional football players. So he probably sees what kind of money there um, actually is out there for athletes. And you got to think he's putting his body like more on the line than uh, probably his brothers and the other people that are managed by the same company as him. And he's probably getting like way less money. And he's probably really upset when you got to think about him, you know, the, the legacy that he's built and he's maybe coming towards the end of his career. He's um, older now, you know, he's been in the UFC for what, at least almost 10 years. And yeah. uh, and the money that they they're making now, the sport's bigger than it's ever been. He, he deserves it, and I get that it's really hard to to pay these fighters. But you got think back before Conor McGregor, nobody was getting these million dollar purses. But it, it, somebody has to come along and um, elevate the game. And I think this is just one of those moments where like like these like upper echelon, these like legends, these champions, they deserve that kind of money. And it sucks that they're not getting it when they more than deserve it. Yeah, I watched uh, John Jones. He uh, had a podcast with Steve-O, mm-hmm. Jackass. And he was talking to him, like, because they were pretty much saying, like, well, you know, what's the holdup? What's going on? And he was saying, he's like, I, he's like, I get it. You know, like, the thing is, like, this fight is probably going to be the biggest in my career. And throughout my entire career, especially at the beginning, I wasn't getting paid what I was worth. I wasn't. You know, like, I was getting underpaid for the amount of talent, the amount of work that I did for this company, I wasn't getting paid my due. And so I want at least one super big payday, you know, like this is like, this is a fight that warrants it. Like I should be like, this one has, would have enough hype around it where to cover it and at least give me that, that one payday that's really, you know, just sets it over the top. And I'd be happy with that is pretty much what he said. Yeah, he he, he deserves it. And uh, honestly, if I feel like, and obviously, um, it's not who he is as a person. But if he was on like this straight and narrow his whole career, if he still had those Nike sponsorships, those Gatorade sponsorships, he probably easily could have been making that money already by now. But obviously, he's had a bit of trouble with the law, which is totally fine. Shit happens, and you know he's shown to to come back and you know be fine so far. But yeah, it, it it sucks to see and even hear him say something like that. And even it, it reminds me of uh, Ben Askren um, coming out and saying that uh, the money that he's making in his boxing match coming up against Jake Paul is going to be the biggest payday ever, like more money than he's ever made in a single fight in MMA. And it, it just sucks so much. And you think about him, uh, you know, obviously he was a wrestler his whole life, but even um, putting his body through his MMA career, he had to get his hip replaced. And to hear that he's he's coming back to do this um this wild boxing fight and that's where he's gonna make like the biggest payday and it wasn't even when he was this yeah. uh you know highly respected reigning like undefeated champion in multiple organizations it's, it's just so whack and it sucks yeah a lot of it just comes down to the name value over you know it's just like you look at regardless of like mcgregor losing and things like that he probably gets paid more and more each time he goes out there probably but yeah i'm not sure who knows but yeah man but outside of jones that francis versus stipe fight was nuts it just shows just how crazy and advanced francis i mean with usman in his corner 
man, he was doing things. You like, he, he threw a head kick at one point. You're like, what? He took him down. Yeah, like he's <laughs> like, man, he was doing things that I I think even Stipe was surprised. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I, I feel like what, what he, when he stuffed that takedown, that was the turning point yep. in the fight where you're like, okay, Stipe's probably like, oh shit. Like, I honestly, I, I feel like Stipe probably just didn't take the wrestling aspect serious because um, I'm thinking that Stipe probably thought, okay, there's no way he's going to have advanced that much where he's going to be able to compete with my wrestling where like that's my strong point. And just that whole situation, I'm like, okay, I felt like Seabay's whole demeanor changed once that takedown was stuffed and Francis became the offensive wrestler and landed some shots. And I I feel like once I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, this is this is not a good look for Stipe. In fact, I agree with you on that exact moment because and I agree with you on the idea that maybe Stipe didn't take the wrestling super seriously because the way he tried to take him down in the setup is exactly the same as how he took him down almost every time in the first fight. He he had his, his feet planted the same way. He waited for uh, Ngannou to throw a punch, and he ducked under it, just grabbed the, lead, grabbed the lead leg. And then in the first fight, he was taking him down at will with it, right? So he was trying something that was working previously, but you can tell fucking Ngannou must have watched an awful lot of tape to know that exact type of takedown was coming and he stopped it perfectly. I I thought Stipe uh, was going to win going into the fight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you said, the second and got stuff that takedown, I'm like, fuck, Stipe's fucked. There's no way. Yeah, they uh, watching the countdowns, they mentioned that Nganu became obsessed with wrestling and I wasn't sure how true that statement was, but then seeing him put it to use like in a live MMA situation and for him to stuff uh, Stipe's takedown where he was getting taken down at will in, in the first fight, it was definitely really yeah. impressive to see that happen. And it definitely really scary to, to see him sprawl and you're like, holy shit. I, yeah. I, I think he threw that punch knowing that Stipe was going to try that exact kind of takedown because he analyzed the tape and saw it happen time and time again in the first fight. And was just trying to bait him so he could sprawl because he almost finished the fight after that. He stuffed the takedown, ends up kind of getting behind Stipe, almost against the cage, and starts unloading on the side of his head. And pretty much everyone else, he's finished in that spot. Like, he finished Junior Dos Santos that way. And I can't believe Stipe even survived that, honestly. Yeah, he took some big hits. Big hits. Shots. Yeah. He took a lot of strikes in the first round, and I was surprised with how much Stipe could take. But man, that whew, when he actually connected in the second round, you yeah. just saw him fly back. He was yeah. stunned. What's crazy, too, spe- spe- not that punch, but specifically the punch that finished Stipe off and like ended everything. I don't think Ngano was trying to knock him out with that punch. I think he was just throwing like a soft what do you call it? like check hook probably or like just kind of a defensive defensive little pawing jab kind of and you just hit him in the right way and it's curtains man yeah and i'm not sure if you listen to any of the interviews that stipe did but um he he uh kind of it was like his his striking is what brought him down because uh, stipe connected with francis and thought he was hurt so he went in yeah. with like not his guard uh he, he thought he had francis hurt and that he was going to finish the fight so he went in and got caught and man 
you know, it, it's just uh, when, when it comes to the like, you know, the, the heavyweights, especially with Francis, it's like, dude, the, these punches like inches can change the, the whole game. And for him to go in and think that Francis was hurt and then get caught, you know, it, it's a risk that you have to take in those kind of situations, because uh, if, if he would have knocked out Francis, we would have been like, holy shit, CBS is the greatest ever. But, uh, you know, yeah. he, he took that risk and uh, he paid for it. Um, it. It sucks. But, you know, it's just part of the game. Hey, Stipe is hard, man. Honestly, I really hope the UFC lets him run it back. But yeah. I don't think it ends up any different, honestly. I think Nganu is going to evolve even more because Nganu is so young in his M- in his MMA experience overall. Yeah, but he's old. Like, he's just going to keep getting better. And Stipe is, what, like 38, 39? And yeah. fighting forever? I think uh, Stipe and the UFC heavyweight title, they're done. There's no way he's going to uh, get back to that, which sucks because he I feel like his relationship with the UFC, he was um, always hard to, to I mean, to work with. And it was weird. and he wasn't um, as active as I'm sure they wanted him to be. And obviously yeah. uh, he's going to want to be smart with his with his body and have the proper time to heal. Um, and for him to take so much damage in all these fights that he's in, he needs that time. But UFC wants somebody who's going to be able to be way more active than fighting like, you know, more than once a year. And now that they have somebody like Francis who can do these quick turnarounds, it's uh, you know it's something that they're favoring. But uh, when I look at the rest of the heavyweight division, I, I just like Steve can still put in work. He can beat yeah you know, that whole entire top ten. But I just don't think they're gonna want to give him the tile shot. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it would have been brought up by now. Hey, they should run it back. I mean, it's a trilogy, right? Yeah. But I mean, it was just so lopsided, and everyone just wants to see Jones. But uh, but but isn't that sad that um you look at the first fight it was pretty lopsided Stipe out wrestled him you know uh, won a, a good decision it wasn't controversial or yeah. anything but then Francis comes and he wins uh you know one sided fight obviously in a different way but like like I said I don't think they had a good relationship with Stipe so they're all right, cool you lost we're gonna wash our hands with you um stay in the UFC we'll still pay you give you some good fights but like I feel like yeah they're, they're just not gonna want to complicate like where they make their big money if that makes sense. For sure. And you got to think, yeah, the most adversity Nganu has ever faced was fighting Stipe in the first fight where he got wrestled and kind of ground and pounded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't think he's ever taken any damage from a single fight. I, I mean, Stipe touched him a couple times in this past fight, but Nganu's never been like truly Stop. hurt. No, hundred percent. Rosen struck, um, landed a couple shots, but not like anything threatening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and then he got sent to hell. Yeah, I, yeah, that was a fight where Francis was like, "I don't like the way this is going. I'm just gonna rush you and figure it out." And he blitzed him and <laughs> won the fight. Yeah, dude, he was throwing punches like uh, Lisa Simpson and Bart Simpson. When like. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, whoever connects first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if if, if they don't do, uh, I, man, I, I just I have this really bad feeling that they're not going to get that Jones in Ganu fight done. You know what's crazy is Lewis could still win. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like Lewis could take. I mean, Lewis has been knocked out before, so it's not like impossible from the lose. But I mean, the yeah. same thing. He has that same power as Francis, where if he actually, I mean, just look what he did the blades. He, was, he didn't throw oh, yeah. anything because he was just waiting for that strike because he knew if he touched him, he'd be out. I, and I feel like Lewis still has that power even against Francis. That I think if he hit Francis, he'd at least stun him. Like if he got a clean shot. 
I think Lewis and Jones are the only heavyweights who have a real shot against Ngannou. And even then, it's kind of dicey. I don't think it's easy for either of them. Um, I, I'm, I'm when I'm looking at the the top heavyweights, uh, I I really like Volkov's chances because you think if if, if Volk because okay if you can't take Volkov down, it, it's going to be a stand up war, and he he has really good range and he knows how to use it. Obviously, um, he's like super talented, and I think he's going to be way smarter than to want to get into a brawl with uh, Francis Ngannou. So he might play it smart, use his, his kickboxing, maybe attack those legs, keep him at range. And if Ngannou wants to try out his new wrestling, good luck. Yeah. You see Volkov's fighting zero game. Uh, did, did they finalize it? Because I saw that they were um, trying to make that fight, but I wasn't sure if it was official. I think, I think Volkov is going to run through that guy. Yeah, he, he's he's uh, too new. He doesn't have... he he's has talent, but I just don't think he has the skill set right now to beat... Uh, someone like Volkov. Because if you look at Volkov's last fight, the way he pieced up Overeem, dude, that guy looks scary. Big, dude. Yeah. Big. It was, it was booked for the main event in June <clears throat> for the headliner. So, zero game versus Volkov. I mean, that's going to answer a lot of questions about game. That's it. And I don't like this because they're kind of... They're, they're going to kill off one contender. Because you, you look at these two new guys, obviously, Volkov, he's been around, but he's never been in that position to... To fight for the title, obviously he had that uh, he had that title el- eliminator um, when he first came to the UFC, uh, like early on. But I, I think it's too soon for um, Cyril. I, I feel like they should give him somebody like. I feel, yeah, I feel like I feel like Gain could have fought someone in between. Yeah, who's the guy that does the, the shoey? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, Tai Tuavasa. Yeah, there you go. Somebody like him, you know, somebody who has like a, a experience but not as like highly ranked. I mean, well, they got Cyril Gain at number four. I think you give him Curtis Blades. No, you you, you, you hate Curtis him. Blades. <laughs> you I don't, I don't, leave I don't him alone. Blades, I don't hate him. I think, <laughs> I, in fact, I think Curtis Blades wins that fight and just is able to take him down. Honestly, but yeah, he, if he tries to implement that strategy he tried on Lewis, he, it's going to end up the same way. That and Lu- and Lewis like knew. He was gonna try and take him down in that exact way. Like I saw an interview, I think it was on the on the Joe Rogan show, and freaking Derek Lewis mentions that they watched a lot of tape and the coaches noticed a tendency that uh what's his face? Curtis Blades has when taking him down. And they knew he was gonna do it. And he had he trained that type of uppercut specifically for when Walt was gonna or when uh, Curtis Blade is going to try and do that. Yeah. So but it was by no means an accident. Yeah. Blades just also, has a rough go. Yeah. Blades, he always gets pretty close to, you know, getting that clear title shot. And then stuff like that always happens, man. Then he gets his head the bummer. I feel like he was getting cocky against Lewis. <laughs> because well, yeah, because he was yeah. picking him apart. He was doing a good job up until that point. Because I remember I was talking to Jamie about it. I was like, man, I, I don't even know what Lewis is going to do unless he gets lucky. I mean, that's like it's funny because Lewis always has that potential, you know, like the KO so on. And that's what's crazy about him. And he's patient. He'll wait for the exact opportunity like he, like he did in the Blades fight. Maybe even against Volkov. Remember that, yeah. that third round? Dude, that was nasty. He was getting pieced up that whole fight. 
then yes. he, he came back with this crazy Hail Mary knockout that <laughs> doesn't happen too often. Those like when fighters are getting dominated, it's rare for them to come back and have a spectacular finish late in the fight. Derek Lewis is just fucking <laughs> sick with it like that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Volkov was kicking his ass that entire fight and then just So does Jones about your boy. Wait, hold on. does Jones leave the UFC or, or does he just stop fighting if they don't book this fight with Ngannou? He just stops fighting because I don't think he I don't know how many fights he has left on his contract, but I I doubt it's very little. I doubt it's on the lower end, you know what I mean? Right, but even if it was like one fight left, the UFC would not cut him. The, the, he his his name value. He's the type of fighter that they would be like, all right, cool. Like we're gonna freeze your contract. You want to try to sit out? Fine. You're not fighting anywhere else. Like we own you. I feel like when people put you on the shelf like that, I think you could fight that kind of. You know, you could dispute that in court if you really wanted. No, there's and a I, there's this weird clause where if they like, uh, as long as they offer you a fight. And obviously it doesn't have to be, um, you know, what makes sense. But as long as I, I feel like I, there's like a, a, a time window that they have to at least offer you something. And if they do that um, and if you turn it down or refuse, um, that's on you. And, uh, and then, then they can still freeze your contract. Cause I, I forget who was going through that. Was it Mark Hunt or somebody a c- couple years ago yeah. was trying to fight and like get out of their contract and talking yeah, about how they were sitting Mark out. Hunt. Um, but yeah, there's like this weird clause where, yeah, as long as they offer you something like, um, like it's still like hundred percent valid, like no matter what. Yeah. You're starting to hear a lot more about a fighter union and you kind of hear about some of these experiences. It's not happening, man. There's no way. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but it, 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 it's something that I gave up on a long time ago when, and especially like, like I mentioned earlier, when, when I'm seeing Derek Lewis chime in saying he'll take the fight for eight mil when John's asking for 30 to 40 mil and you're like, dude, like you're just like he's he's part of the problem and, and that sucks <laughs> it's funny though it, it, it's true it's a very Derek lewis thing to say yeah but obviously he wants to get paid too and he's obviously not in that um uh like upper echelon that or in that tier of fighter where he where lewis can ask for a 30 to 40 mil where people aren't going to scratch their heads so um I, I get it he's just trying to uh, you know get his but uh, it, it's bringing everybody else down. So it, it just sucks. So I, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Not not with the way MMA is structured now. It, it, there's no way I, I see it working out. I agree with that. I think it would, I think for it to gain steam, it would require some of the really higher paid athletes taking a pay cut and standing by the people that want to form the union and potentially not fighting kind of, I guess kind of what Jones is doing right now on his own, but other, other fighters that are highly paid, I don't, they don't have much to complain about. You know what I mean? Not, not to say that they're selfish or anything, but they made it. So yeah. it would take someone being built a name value, you know, they're going to be yeah. like, I did this, you know, you guys need to work on your own value. But that but is- even then there's some people that are really big that don't make that much money you, that you would think. Yeah, but you gotta realize that, that is them being selfish because they they got there. So why are they gonna not get paid totally so these other people can get um, you know more money as well? It's like no, um, it, it, and that, that's part of the problem. It's like these fighters who are making millions, these uh, bigger contracts, why are they gonna risk what they fought to get to for people on the lower tier who haven't you know put their dues in and deserve that kind of money? So it, it just it doesn't make sense for the people who are making the money that a lot of the people want to make to sit out so that everybody else can make that same money. Honestly, you know what they should do? They should, they, 
need to get rid of the win lose you know where if you ha- if you know you win you get full pay if you know lose you only get half of what you know that i think because the whole thing they introduced it you know to motivate people to win but i mean it kind of just seems like a shitty way to not pay the other person the full amount <laughs> you know that's exactly it, and that's why they won't get rid of it that's why um, when you look at these other companies that are a little more progressive like bellator when you see a name like ryan bader go to bellator and you see his contract he gets a flat rate 200 uh 200,000 and I'm, I'm not sure if it's updated but the last time i checked when he went over to bellator um, he was just getting a flat rate of two hundred thousand um, dollars no win lose uh there's still a chance to win a uh, bonus money but that was it and uh, i remember him uh, coming out and saying that he liked it better that way because uh he's not going out there and trying to lose he's going to go out there and give it his all and if he can go out there and know that there's no pressure of him uh you know having the chance of maybe getting half of his paycheck if he loses um it, it relieves a lot of pressure knowing that he gets his flat rate and he can go out and just perform not have to worry about okay i have to try to win so i can get my full paycheck um or if i lose i'm only gonna get half and you know it's, it's like this weird psychological thing where yeah. it's like he doesn't have to think about it and i i i agree uh, I, I wish they would restructure um, the contracts and uh, fighters try to get a flat rate because and honestly it makes you sense. Can use him as an argument that the you know the bullshit that you know they would try harder if they had well you know like if they you know the win lose structure because he's he went on a tear in Bellator on that yeah. you know like he was he was a dual champ he's still a champ and, he, and he's still a champ yeah. you know like so it's not to say that pay structure motivate like demotivated him where he was going to take the easy route I feel like he was probably doing even better than he was you know he was being a lot more aggressive actually pushing the pace and really, yeah. you know, well, and maybe it's because he was more, you know, confident and settled in what he was going to get paid, like kind of how you said. And also, you got to realize, too, he was on the cusp of getting a title shot before he left the UFC. Remember, he was getting into it with DC. They're fighting that, that that one press conference. And uh, there was talks about them, uh, you know, making that matchup. But, uh, you know, he, I, I th- honestly, I think he made the better choice to go to Bellator, where I'm sure he's made way more money. Because uh, you think about it, obviously you got that flat rate, but when you think about it, the sponsorships he can get now, it's yeah, yeah. and, and it, it, it sucks that people have to go to and like I, and I hate saying lesser organizations because obviously Bellator is legit, but when you if you put UFC's roster against Bellator's roster, UFC is going to win. Like obviously Bellator has really talented fighters who could make some waves in the UFC, but the you know the, the majority of the fighters there aren't that good so it, it sucks that these uh, talented fighters have to go to these other organizations just to try to make more money have have either of you guys watched miles jury his youtube channel he was a ufc fighter and now he fights in bellator yeah miles fury jury yeah he, he fights out of san diego so he has a pretty informative youtube channel on this exact topic and he shares um he basically breaks down all the source of in, sources of income that he had in the UFC for specific fights, like when he fought Cowboy um, and fight. other fighters. He also breaks it down with Bellator as well. And I guess, according to his channel, that Bellator is paying him 20% more than what UFC was. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main things, one of, of many reasons that a guy in his position who was never a UFC champion, but put together a pretty impressive amount of wins at one point. I think he was on like a six fight winning streak and he was an upper, upper middle, you know, top 15 kind of guy. And that's how he made the decision to go to Bellator. 
So it's pretty interesting that you use the word progressive because it seems like Bellator is definitely paying those types of fighters a lot more money. Yeah, and you got to think about who they're backed by. So they kind of have like this infinite bucket of money where uh, obviously they want to see this company that they own like produce. So they're willing to um, lend them uh, money to to pay these fighters what uh, they properly deserve. And obviously, I'm um, everybody even in Bellator, pe- people could get paid better, but obviously, um, not you know not everybody can make the most amount of money. But um, it's I, I like veterans there are making good money is I think what really comes down because you I'm pretty sure you got people because like Bader's about the fight uh, Machida again I'm sure Machida's getting a lot more money with Bellator right now than he would have if he would have stayed at the UFC because of the sponsorships and probably the he probably getting a flat rate as well. Yeah, it just seems like um, the UFC obviously they, they want to pay their fighters well, but. It just seems that they don't want to pay them what they can, whereas Bellator seems like they're paying what they can. Um, you know, if they can pay them more, they're they're more than willing. It, it feels like. Yeah, I'm I'm looking right here, and I I pulled up Douglas Lima because I think that'd be an interesting example because mm-hmm. he was never in the UFC at any point, and I guess when he fought Musasi, uh, Gegard pulled 200,000 and Douglas Lima was 125. So it makes you wonder if a guy like Douglas Lima in the UFC would be making 125 flat rate. I don't think so. I think yeah, he'd he would like, be like 60 and 60. He just cut it in half. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting because Lima's probably considered the best there and Michael Chandler went over the UFC and he's getting paid more he was getting paid more than some of the, you know, settled UFC fighters and some of them even got kind of yeah. pissed. Well, I think that's kind of a bad example because you got to realize Michael Chandler was the face of Bellator and mm-hmm. champion, like long reign champion, and uh, came in with a lot of hype because people have been wanting t- Chandler in the UFC for a really long time. And yep. the, the the fact that uh, there's all this hype built around him that adds to it. And he has, uh, you know, the, the accolades. So I, I think that's why he was able to get a really good contract with the UFC because in, in my opinion, I, I feel like he's like their pet project. It seems like they're really pushing him and he seems to be producing. So he, he's a kind of like on this, like, like, you know, it's not like a hype train, but like the, the trajectory that they're expecting of him, like he's kind of like, you know, meeting their expectations so far. And you look at him, he's fighting for the the belt and he's honestly, I, I, I would be surprised if he didn't win. I, I think he beats Oliveira. That's my pick for that fight. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going Charles. As skilled as... Uh, boy, the Bronx. As skilled as Charles Oliveira is, I just, like, the the pressure that Michael Chandler is going to bring to that fight, because he's not going to just sit around and... Uh, make it ugly, dude. Yeah, and, and obviously uh, Charles is, like, you know, super talented jiu-jitsu, and, uh, and, you know, obviously Chandler has the really great wrestling, so I want to see if it goes to the ground, like, how that's going to play out, but, like, I think this is going to be a stand-up fight, and I just... I think Chandler's just gonna like just put it on him, just like just be in his face and just make it nasty. And I don't think Charles is gonna be able to take that pressure well, if I'm being honest. That, that yeah. that's how I see it playing out. You know, speaking of other organizations and Michael Chandler, how about fucking Pitbull? Dude, he's he's one of those fighters. Ah. He, he's he's one of those champs that uh, he he it, it's gonna be sad that he's uh, not going to be able to fight people in the UFC. Cause just, just think about the matchups that you could make with Pitbull. Yeah. 
Why yeah. is it kind of like that not in the UFC? Well, he's been calling for co-promotions, but I, mm-hmm. it's like the UFC is never going to do that with Bellator. They're just not. Well, like they'd probably do it with like someone like Ryzen or One FC, you know, because they kind of are like, all right, they're over there. I might, you know, we might be agree to that. Because actually, Dana White, did you see, he posted a picture with Floyd Mayweather and the Ryzen CEO. Yeah. Oh, that's. And, yeah, but it, so, it's probably trolling. I don't think the UFC is really going to tie their name to anything, but who knows? Because UFC in Japan, uh, just not a whole lot of good there if you look at the history. Well, that's why they might cross promote in Japan, you know, to kind of build the brand there. I mean, that's smart. I mean, you see a lot of people do that. I mean, when Xbox first came out, I know it's kind of like a different thing, but they teamed up with Sega, you know, and they had like all the sequels to the Dreamcast games. Like people like considered the first Xbox the Dreamcast 2 because they carried on a lot of those franchises. And it kind of, I mean, it didn't help, but, you know, every little thing helps. Yeah, like everything you could do to try to promote yourself, especially in a foreign area. It's good to rely on the people there. Yeah, but you realize the the reason why the UC hasn't been there is because the Yakuza ran them out of the country. Well, that's why you got to team up with the Ryzen boys. Shouldn't have shut down Pride. Well, uh, they they got swindled by by Pride because they paid all that money basically for the li- the, the fight library because they got they got a bunch of bogus contracts and like oh. yeah they, they got the shitty end of that deal so circling back patricio pitbull versus max holloway how do you think a fight like that would go down could you imagine i think oh. that'd be one of the sickest fights ever it'd be sick but i, I got my money on holloway i think holloway's just i don't know I, it'd be kind of similar to volkanovsky versus holloway i'd say it it could go either way, I would say. I think they're pretty on par with one another. I, and I think, it really depends on how Holloway approaches it. I think Holloway would just use his range, and uh, I feel like Pitbull would be way more aggressive than Volkanovski, and Max would just kind of you know fight him at range and pick him apart. Yeah, I could see it. You know, it's going to be interesting if uh, if Chandler ends up ends up winning and becoming UFC champion. I wonder if Bellator is going to try and hype uh, Pitbull knocking Chandler out like that. Oh, they already are. Those highlights. I know. Well, they, they have been, but I wonder if they would even lean into it more to try and like beef up the talent and perception of their organization. Well, Coker's already saying that fights UFC versus Bellator, like an unofficial, you know, cross promotion. But then a lot of people are arguing, like, okay, then what about Vader? What about, you know, like, they start naming off, oh, those were UFC fighters. So when they came over, was it UFC versus Bellator, you know? For sure. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, and I think he just wants to, you know, kind of show pride. Because w- w- when you think about going way back to when uh, the Strike Force fighters came over and you saw a lot of those Strike Force champions become UFC champions, uh, obviously, Coker was proud because those were his fighters before they were in the UFC. And then obviously um, it, it wasn't a surprise that he didn't stay with the company because obviously he's their biggest competitor. So I'm um, like, you know, they had to bring him over for those contracts and then they kind of gave him the boot. So now that he's kind of back in that same position where he was with strike force um, and Bellator is not there yet where strike force was, where it comes to the quality of fighters. But I honestly think just give it a couple more years and they'll be able to rival the UFC. It, it just takes time. Yeah, well, that, they're focusing on homegrown talent right now because they're high, like they've been picking up a lot of prospects. Like you see a lot of, you know, like uh, news organizations 
you know, saying like, oh, they picked up this hot prospect here, you know, and right now it's always, you want to always be building towards the future, you know, you always want to have who's going to be the next star because it's just like you see with McGregor and a lot of these people, they start to go down and so the numbers that they're going to be pushing, and McGregor will still make, you know, be able to push big numbers, but the more, if he continues to lose, it's going to be harder to sell and, you know, you're going to have to start pushing like, you know, Israel Asanio is probably going to be like the next big ticket you know if he continues to keep winning well this is exactly the same strategy that um coker used when he had strike force like i, I watched daniel cormier come up and fight on these contender series to become the winner of their heavyweight grand prix then to see him go over to the ufc and do the work that he did become light heavyweight champion become heavyweight champion so uh, he, he knows what he's doing and he, he said it before it, it literally just takes time and he, he's uh just doing it how he did before and he's really smart and i have faith and i i don't like i i just wish it like it because beltor obviously has that murky his murky history with um bjorn Revney from back in the day and they used to do it a whole different way with the tournament series and stuff and that was okay but it just never really had a whole lot of growth but once scott took over and you if you look at it from where it was when scott took over to now it's just there's a like way more good fighters there and yeah some of them came from the ufc but whatever that's fine like UFC gets good fighters from other organizations and there's no weird stigma because they're the number one um, MMA organization in the world. So it's just like whatever. I just try not to really look at it too much. I just like to focus on the actual fighters talents and um, and hope that they get the best matchups possible. And obviously they choose where they want to go. For sure. Yeah, I agree. But Dang. yeah, it, the, the thing with Bellator, I don't like is just like we when I'm shared that matchup with cyborg versus leslie smith it's like one of those ones that's just like why was this fight made and that's the only thing about bellator they have certain fights like that where i'm just like this fight should not have been made like this is clearly not you know this shouldn't have been for the belt this shouldn't have been a rematch like obviously she hasn't smith hasn't improved to the point where she deserves that fight no, no disrespect to her things like that but it's just you know like there's people levels and i think cyborg is still just at that higher level <laughs> it's just but it's the bolster and keep her active but Who this is up against though exactly this is the same problem that uh cyborg's always had but also you gotta realize too uh, cyborg uh former strike force champion so her and scott have a really special relationship and obviously he wants to keep her active because uh, she's only really lost that that fight against amanda and obviously she got wrecked but, you know, shit happens. Uh, that doesn't mean she sucks now. She's still a talented fighter. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot of competition out there for her. And people keep talking about, uh, you know, Kayla Harris. But it's like that's, you know, who knows how far down the road. And who knows if Cyborg will still even be fighting when Kayla Harris is ready for her. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's just, she just has this. Um, and it's like it's not her fault that there's not a whole lot of fighters like, you know, fighting in her weight class. She can only you know, do so much. And she's she just has that framework. She's too big for 135. Uh, but, uh, you know, she's 145, but uh, too small for 155. But there's like when you get to those upper weights um, for the w the women fighters, there's not a whole lot out there. Like the talent pool isn't there yet. They're talking to Megan Anderson, supposedly. So Whack. we'll see how that goes. Whack. Uh, yeah. Megan Anderson's overrated. Over you yeah, saw I, I can't she, believe how shocked she got like she dude. was shell shocked against Nunez like I and it, I was surprised just like you were surprised how dude she was she dude I was not surprised because I, I I said it she didn't she didn't deserve to be there and and it's and uh, same thing with Amanda she's getting to that point now where um 
there's like they they could easily close the women's 145 division in the UFC. No one would care. No one would care because there's nobody there. They're the only weight class that doesn't have official rankings because there's not enough fighters in that division to have rankings to to, to even have a top 10, which is crazy to think about. So it's just, yeah, they just have this problem. And it's cool to have like a double champ, but there's really no point in having the 145 weight class when they're just bringing in like these, uh, you know, girls to get slaughtered by Amanda. And and, and it's crazy because you think about the only person to actually give her like a real challenge since she's kind of, you know, um, or since she's been the champ or whatever is uh, Valentina Shevchenko and she's the, the 125 champ. So it's just like, how can this 125 girl give, you know, um, the 135, 145 champ, the, the, the biggest problem, but you bring in these girls who are actually of the same size, can't even hold a candle to her. And it's just yeah, ex champs too. Yeah. So it's not her fault, but it's just, yeah, it's just this weird problem. And, uh, if the UFC wants to keep doing it, like I, I'm not against it. I don't care. It's just sad to, to watch these girls just get wrecked like that because, you know, people were, yeah. you know, swearing by me and like, oh, real, a real featherweight. But then, dude, she takes that punch and she just, deer in the headlights, just got, just got wrecked. It was embarrassing. I, I think even before that, the moment may have been a little too big for her. I don't think she was ready. She seemed very shook even before the fight yeah. actually, actually happened. Which is weird, but also maybe it's because like uh, she was fighting the last fight on her contract, and yeah, maybe the pressure just got to her. But she was calling for that that you know championship fight for a long time, and she got what she asked for, and she definitely <laughs> didn't deserve it. Yeah, what about Woodley on that card too with Francis? I know that's going back, but man, he was on his last fight too, and his last contract. Yeah. So you know what though. I saw the UFC post happy birthday, Tyron Woodley, like a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Like they celebrated his birthday on his Instagram. I think because he came out of that, he came into that fight just like a fucking bat out of hell and like really tried to bring it that it probably saved him from getting cut. And I bet you UFC gives him another chance. Nah, he's done, man. I'm not he's- saying he's going to win again, but I could see them giving him another chance. They gave BJ Penn like ten chances. Yeah. Well, BJ Penn was a pioneer. He's the reason there's a there's a lightweight division in the he UFC. He also got a DUI and fought random strangers and got KO'd. So I mean, got beat up outside the. And he still got the fight. <laughs> no, but I think that was the name of the place, right? The Lava Shack. I'm not sure, but but the, the, here's the difference: UFC BJ Penn great relationship. UFC Tyron Woodley not a great relationship. Yeah. So what? What I think, you could think it took him forever to, to get to the title shot, and then he, he lost to um, Usman, and then he's just been on this this weird skid. And last side of his contract, there's no real value there for Woodley uh, or for the UFC to see in Woodley if he's just going to keep um, you know losing, and he's an expensive fighter to pay. So, do you think he's really going to take a pay cut? from the from the UFC just to stay I see him going back to where uh you know I, I see him going to Bellator because he has that relationship with Scott Coker go there probably make the same or a little more amount of money have a better chance with their competition because think about uh Douglas Lima uh Tyron Willie fight it, it, it sounds like crazy I think, I think Lima whoops him uh, I think Lima whoops him but it, but it, it's it's another ex UFC fighter for the Bellator champ to to fight so Name recognition. If he went to Bellator, I'd want to see him get Michael Venom Page. Oh, no, I, I hate <laughs> Venom Page. Whatever, dude. What if Venom Page is able to pull off his weird antics on Woodley and Woodley gets 
gets like like cyborg gets his freaking skull caved in or something weird. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I see it more likely that Woodley goes to somewhere like Bellator or maybe even to a, a PFL uh, to try to keep his same rate of pay or even make more money. But like, it doesn't make sense for the UFC to keep somebody who's so expensive around and um, like to, to keep him around at that same pay. They're going to try to cut his pay. Tyron Willie's not going to want to take a pay cut just to stay in the UFC. I, I don't think it's that valuable for him when, when he knows it too, he's at the tail end too. Like you, you want to try to dude. There's no way he's climbing back up that ladder. You, you look at the killers at 170, yeah. even with like the, the new talent coming up. Uh, imagine Kamzat stepping there with Woodley. <laughs> it's just it's just weird to me that if they were planning on getting rid of him now that his contract is up, that they would have publicly like celebrated his birthday. I don't know. It, it seemed like a like a misleading thing. But what? imagine Woodley going to one. That could happen. I don't know if he would be able to fight and because he wouldn't be able to cut that much weight, you know. So then he would be fighting probably at a higher. Yeah, he'd probably, he'd probably get bumped up to, to, to middleweight, but I don't think he'd want to travel that far to fight. I think, honestly, I think he'd just go to Bellator because it, it makes way more sense for him. And that's even if they're interested. In. And, like, try to win the mill if they do a tournament like that. Yeah, but you guys think he's probably making more than a mill right now. So for him... What's his pay? <laughs> look look up that know. pay. I don't know if he would be... I don't think he, he... I don't think he would be getting paid that much, to be honest. Former champ? Let's see. Pull it up, Jeff. <laughs> I'm looking at. I'm looking up his career earnings. Let's see his most recent. Maybe when he was a oh, champ. Damn. No, he. Whew. He. Against Usman, he made five hundred thousand to show. Okay. Um, against against Till, he made five hundred and ninety thousand. And that was five hundred thousand to show, and then performance of the night, and then forty thousand fight week. So he was pulling half a mil per fight as champ. And that's just what's disclosed. Yeah, that's just what's disclosed. And then Woodley versus Burns, uh, two hundred thousand to show. So he's he's going down. Yeah, he's at. They cut his pay by more than half. And with the Luke fight, he made two hundred thousand to show, and then got the fifty the fifty thousand dollar fight night bonus and fifteen thousand. So they have met like two hundred, two hundred, which is very high, especially if he's losing like that. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think the UC is gonna want to continue to pay somebody who, who's on the downturn that same amount of money. And I don't think Willie's gonna to want to take an even lesser pay cut just to stay. Cause cause even dude, two hundred and you're talking about a, a former champ somebody who yeah. defended the title a bunch of times uh you know back-to-back -back fights with uh, steven thompson and it's just like dude like that's just that, that sucks so i see him going somewhere where it just makes sense to to keep the money because he's not going to want to try to fight his way back to the uc title because it's not look at the guys who he just lost to those guys aren't going anywhere and yeah, if not. and at his current state if he were to get a rematch with luke a. burns usman uh, Covington, he's not winning those fights. And it sucks because I'm a huge Tyron Woodley yeah. fan. I was hoping, uh, you know, he was going to be like, like, a, a, like a legend that we would uh, talk about for a while. But it, uh, it's sad that uh, he, his, his career just kind of took this weird turn where um, he just kind of got wrecked by Usman. And I don't know if he could bring it back. Maybe leading up to the Usman fight, 
all the extracurricular stuff like the acting and his rap career and oh, stuff like that. Oh my Probably god. Probably I'm a huge fan of rap. I feel like I have a great opinion when it comes to <laughs> rap music. I'm 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 pretty knowledgeable. I, I try to stay uh, uh, you know uh, relevant to, to to the culture. I I follow different outlets and just try to you know uh, keep in tune with what's going on. It's and when cool. when I heard him rap, I was like, that's an embarrassment. Who who whoever was around him to to hype him up to even okay to greenlight this rap career that that is horrible those are those are shitty friends those are people that you shouldn't have around you and and i don't know one single person who enjoyed that type of music his acting's fine whatever he had like my favorite role is him in um straight out of compton but it's just like yeah the, the music stuff was just terrible he 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 fell victim just like it happens to so many people ronda rousey conor mcgregor you you get big you lose focus on fighting and you try to do these other things and then you get wrecked and and, and it sucks and it's and it's so clear that it happens time and time again but like why don't people pay attention and be smart and not fall into those traps yeah i don't know I definitely looked on Spotify for Tyron Woodley and he had a song up at one point, at least like a couple years ago and that shit got taken down. Yeah. And, and you got to think <laughs> yeah. th those big rappers that he's doing music with, he's paying for those features. They're not rapping with him because he's good. They're rapping with him because he's paying them. And it's just like, no, just because you get good features on your songs doesn't mean they're going to be hits. Who's it's, he gotten features with? He, he had a song with Wiz Khalifa. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, well, maybe he pulled that off through fighting because Wiz, Wiz Khalifa trains Muay Thai. Yeah. Maybe they somehow had that kind of connection and Khalifa. <laughs> Khalifa ain't getting, like, on, getting on a Tyron Woodley track because they're, they're homies. No, he's like, all right, I'm a fight kid. That's why I gave him a Reebok fight <laughs> that kid. That is terrible. That's why he was. <laughs> that is terrible. It's just, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I obviously we have our own group chat where we talk about um, MMA and whatever. And, when I brought up GSP earlier, when he was on um, Joe Rogan recently, he's the perfect example of a great, just a great person, a great champion. He's the model that you should try to follow. He didn't fall victim to any of this stuff. Cause look at him now. Uh, he, he did a little bit of acting while he was, uh, you know, still fighting, but he didn't let it get to his head. He he understood what it meant to be um, a champion and to to stay active and to stay, uh, you know, sharp with your skills and not let that other stuff kind of cloud your your view when it comes to the fight game. And I always just fall back to George St. Pierre. I, I feel like he's just what all fighters should aspire to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also liking this whole GSP with hair thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's cool. Well, he, he's and I was a little thrown up when I saw him with hair. I'm like, did, I guess he just had his head shaved for fighting and or maybe he's just going for a new look. I, I have no idea. Yeah, he looks better with hair. Honestly, GSP like, could do whatever he wants. GSP can do no wrong. Yo, okay. So what's your favorite GSP line? I like uh circle and jab. I pulled my groin when he was when he was in the corner of one of his fights. I think it was against uh BJ Penn. Mm -hmm. He pulled his groin and they had like an interaction with his corner. And like did they they just kind of ignored him after he said it. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I remember for us or hobby just telling him to ignore it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a. I've never even thought about a favorite GSP line. Um, but I'm not impressed by your performance. <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious. Did you guys have a chance to listen to that podcast with Joe Rogan that he did? Not yet. I got slammed at work today, but it should be slower tomorrow, and I'm gonna dive into it for sure. Okay, because there's a section where he talks about 
he talks uh, he, they cover like part of his like fighting career but he, he talks about this um the the time where he got knocked out by matt sarah and what that taught him and then he references the fight against carl's condit how when he got head kicked by carl's condit he had the you know the the thought like okay cool this is exactly where i was when i got stunned by matt sarah and when i was uh, you know got dropped by sarah I wanted to, you know, uh, let my ego take over, um, try to get up and, uh, you know, get him back. But in the Conda fight, he realized, like, okay, cool. Like, I got knocked down. I got to uh, not let my ego take over. I got to just stay calm and relaxed. And then he kind of goes into what he did after he got head kicked and, and dropped by Condit. And it was just so fascinating because I didn't realize he was that hurt by Condit in that situation. But to hear him break it down, I'm like, holy shit. Like, um, Carl's Condit was, like, seriously that close to finishing GSP, which is crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a great podcast. Like I, 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 I and uh, you know, Nate mentioned it to me earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like GSP is um, being more active with the media, and this is what I love to be able yeah. to have a great champion like GSP to come out and to be coherent and have these great conversations. And for and and for, and for somebody who was so private during his MMA career, so to be able to get like a like you know like to have this little window into what he's been up to and how he's doing, it, it's great. And he's just a great person overall. And I, I, I just love GSP more now. Than I did back then, so makes me yeah, want to be. Man. He makes me want to be Canadian. <laughs> so shout out to my Go Canadians. Canada. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It was, it was a great podcast, and it's just and oh god, okay. And I, I wish you guys listened because he talks about um like they go over the uh, John Jones and Ganu situation on you know the whole situation with money, and then Rogan asked him about what happened with him and Khabib. Why didn't that happen? And then he alluded to that the UFC kind of um, stalled that whole situation and they're to blame why that fight didn't happen. Whoa. Yeah. So you open to it. Yeah. No, he wanted to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, but he's, I'm sorry. At 155. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. Know that. It's pretty interesting. So, and, and I yeah, man, it, it's crazy to think about, but yeah, it's, it, it's a great podcast. So everybody listening, go check out, uh, GSP on Joe Rogan's podcast. It's, it's it's always great when he's on there, and dude, and it, it's great because it's like three and a half hours, and it's just like, I, and I wanted more because I'm just I was just such a fan. But okay, okay. Nate mentioned earlier that that June card there was an interesting fight um, that is uh, getting finalized. Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. Yeah. What do you guys think or about Muhammad. that one? Oh my god, I think Muhammad could win that easily. He's... Yeah. I mean, I think, it, yeah, Maya's just kind of dwindling down a bit, you know, with his last few performances, not generally, you know, he's slowing down. He's really old, you know, his age is catching up to him, I'd say, but I think he's still, I mean, you can't ever deny his submission skills, you know, and Muhammad, I mean, it's not like he wouldn't be able to get submitted, but I think, uh, I think that's a good fight for Muhammad. I think he's going to go in, I mean, and be really thirsty and try to, Take it to him. It's a, it's definitely a good test, and I, I think Muhammad wins. I feel like I'm the only one who's going to pick Maya. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if Muhammad's going to want to test his wrestling against Maya's jujitsu. And Maybe. Maya's never been praised for being the best striker, but he has great boxing skills. So if, if it stays standing, it'd be pretty interesting to see how how it, it pans out. But I'm a huge Maya fan. Uh, you know, he's he's won three of his last four, only lost to uh, Gilbert Burns, uh, but it should be interesting. Yeah. So I I take that pick, 
erring on the side of the fact that if you take Damian Mayan down, you're just playing with fire and there's a high likelihood you get submitted. Mm-hmm. I make that pick with the caveat that Muhammad would just keep it standing and pick him apart at a distance. Yeah, he did try to strike with Edwards, you know. He could have just tried to completely take Edwards down the whole time, but he actually tried to strike with him, but just didn't work out. Just got to watch that those eye pokes. Yeah. It was an eyelid pull. Jesus. <laughs> that, that was really strange, but... Uh, I'm I'm happy that Edwards uh, didn't get shelved or getting put in another weird position. I'm glad that they're able to find him a good matchup, one that if he wins, uh, he he can easily argue for a, a title shot, and it wouldn't seem yeah. weird. So, and uh, honestly, I, I think it's long overdue. So I'm I'm hoping uh, he uh, you know stays active. Obviously, I'm not picking him because I'm a you know uh, TS fan. I got a Meta Militia shirt hanging back here. OG uh, Nate Diaz shirt. We're repping the two and nine forever, but uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting fight. But I'm, I'm just happy that they're able to book him again and not have to, you know, put him on the shelf for a while. You know, I think that is just a ballsy ass fight for Diaz to accept. Yeah, because typically, yeah. you know, Diaz has been chasing like your Masvidal, um, your Pettis, like your bigger names. You know what I mean? And the problem, I wouldn't say a problem, but one of the things that gets associated with Leanne a lot is his lack of name recognition and people just don't know him. So it's kind of crazy to me that Diaz would take this fight. I'm guessing that the UFC probably offered him a ton of money to do it because he can definitely boost up that card. And if Leon Edwards wins, that puts Leon over for sure and yeah. makes it more popular like he would deserve to be. I'm just not convinced that Edwards is going to beat him. But also, you got to think if if you look at the lay of the land, you have Usman versus Masvidal, right, fighting for the title, and then you look at Edwards versus Diaz. And in a weird world, if Diaz beats Edwards, Masvidal beats Usman, you could easily do this crazy rematch that they were trying to book a couple of years ago. Um, they could easily try to revisit that rematch, uh, put the welterweight title on the line, put the BMF title on the line. Yeah. Uh, and think about those numbers. They they did crazy numbers in New York for the BMF title. Now imagine with both titles on the line, crazy yeah, numbers. And who that BMF? You know, a lot of people are. You know, a lot True. of people like to argue that. True, but we knew where it was going. Could have turned it around. You yeah, know? no. But I dude. mean, they got they got the people that say that. Yeah, that, and, and and I get I honestly it. Honestly, think Mazatol was going to win. Yeah, hundred no percent. But yeah. there's no way. He was just tagging Diaz like some of the hits. Oh, you could just tell Diaz was. <laughs> see, and that Masvidal, that's the one that I wanted to see come out against Usman in, in their first meeting. But obviously, that's what he's saying now. Yeah, so we're going to I think we're going to get him in the second one. I don't think so. I, I think it's just a lot of talk. I think he's trying to. And, and this is um, my perspective. I'm seeing Masvidal just trying to talk as much as he can to bring up as much hype as he can to try to make as much money as he can. Cause he knows he's on his way out too. Cause he, you know, I'm, I don't know if you guys watched his interview with Errol Hawani, but he has a game plan, but, but okay. Look at Masvidal, right? If he fights Usman loses again, what's really left. There's the, the Colby matchup, the Edwards matchup, but I, and that might be it for the title. Is he really going to fight his way back? And they're not going to give him a third round to Usman if he loses to him. Yeah, it's only so, if Usman loses and Covington, you know, let's say Covington and Usman have a rematch 
And that, then let's say Covington wins. That makes a good opportunity for Masvidal. But but you got to realize that means Masvidal has to win. And I I just look at the like it, it, honestly, if you put Edwards versus Masvidal, I'm putting my money on Edwards. I think he's. Ooh, I'm not. Dude, I got Masvidal see? on that point. It's just not an easy road. Like I'm not saying that he can't do it, but I'm just saying if he loses to to Usman, which I I honestly I'm putting my money on Usman. I think Usman beats Masvidal, but for Masvidal, if he loses to get back to a title shot, in any scenario is going to be super rough, and he knows that. And um, I think that's why he's trying to just maximize these fights and get them as hyped up as he can, because he's he's at the end, man. He's been doing it for eighteen years. He doesn't have a lot left in him. Okay, so I think the weight cut in the first Usman fight played a huge factor into Masvidal's performance. I know Mm -hmm. he was saying that, you know, he wasn't training, but he actually was training. He was helping Poirier get ready. And, you know, he was staying active and he just likes to stay active anyway. Mm -hmm. I think just cutting the, what was it? Like 26 pounds or something on like five days notice. Yeah. I think that's just a lot for a lower weight class. And it, it seems like it was a really rough weight cut for him. And I think that's going to really affect like cardio, and he was explosiveness, all all that stuff. Well, right? They both, they both were. So it's sorry. But yeah, but he knew. But uh, Usman knew he was going to be over there. Masvidal wasn't planning on being overseas. Yeah, but they're yeah. but they're both. Masvidal was overseas helping Poirier train. I don't understand. I don't see. I'm, any... I'm not talking about that. I'm only talking about the crazy weight cut that he had to do because he accepted the fight. At, in kind of a last minute way. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays a role in getting stuck up against the cage and not being able to get out and be explosive, being bullied kind of like how he was in the grappling and everything like that. I think a more explosive Masvidal that's in way better shape is much more dangerous. And I think, I think the fight's going to look a lot different. And if it doesn't, I would say that good on, good on Usman, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think people are writing Masvidal off. The only thing I don't think about or that I just hate talking about is like, okay, um, you can put uh, he had the six days notice. Um, you can put Usman had the broken nose. Uh, and it's like, all right, cool. Um, you can come up with all these ex- excuses for, for both sides, which is totally fair. Who knows um, in reality um, how it would have played out if they would have won in that fight 100%. But what the fun thing is now there's no really no excuses that you can make now it's like they both had time ample time to train uh you know equal time to train obviously it's not as as long as they originally wanted because the fight was supposed to happen in august but it got bumped up to um uh, next two weeks from now april 24th uh but i just the way that usman performed against gilbert burns you think about the the skills and the strides that he's made working with um uh, trevor whitman and uh, you know justin gaethje and everybody out there like He's only gotten better as well, and yeah. and you got to think about uh, Jor, uh, you know, or Jorge Masvidal. Excuse me, he's trying to play catch up to, to Usman because Usman's already got the win on him, and I, I just don't see a whole lot of um, room for to room for Masvidal to have improved that much to surpass Usman. We kind it's weird that we're playing like MMA math with this thing. Like I think. We'll, we'll reference Usman versus Burns, right? Okay. I think if Masvidal would have gotten knocked down, and he even said it in the Ariel Hawani interview, Gilbert Burns laid there, and I think he thought 
that Usman would be willing to jump into his guard because he may have been like foggy from getting hit and there was kind of a scramble and stuff like that. And he basically allowed Usman to get back into it. I think Usman was legitimately hurt and was kind of playing it off in the interview. Mm-hmm. He was. I think if Masvidal touched him or if a similar scenario happens and Usman drops Masvidal, I don't think Masvidal was just going to lie there and give him a chance to recover if there's like a weird scenario like that. I think he would have gotten back up and been in his face. But that's weird that we're even discussing it because that's a whole lot of what if. I think Masvidal getting this rematch is because a lot of people feel the way I do that the weight cut really hindered his performance because it was so last minute and it casts enough of a doubt into it that people want to see them run it back. Even though Usman, I think 50-42 or 50-43 him in that fight, 50-44 him, like he obviously was dominant. But I think people are in agreement with me that it has a lot to do with that weight cut. And I don't think I so. I think no. I think the only reason why he's getting this rematch is because Usman called him out. If Usman didn't call him out after that Gilbert Burns fight, I don't think we were seeing this matchup. He wants to stop on his toes some more. I think that's the only reason why he's getting this fight because it was it was it was unorthodox for a champ to call somebody out that he's already beat like that. So. Yeah. So I, I think that's the only reason why he's getting it, because for, for somebody to get two title shots in a row against the same person, it, 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 when does that ever happen? It's never happened. Yeah, I don't know. I'm down for it, though. I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm only down for it because uh, we're getting closer and closer to this bet that you and I had a couple episodes ago. We're talking about Kiesa versus Covington, and I'm looking at the, the, the matchups that have been announced recently, and it's looking like that might happen. I took I took Covington, right? Yeah, take him. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think Covington beats him. I'm a t- I, I mean, I would love I would love to see Kiesa win because I'm with you. He's he's for sure the dark horse, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm down with it though. I love that he called him out. That's what I want to say. And like, it doesn't it make sense? Because if you look at, they just booked uh, Edwards Diaz. They got Usman Masvidal, Burns Thompson. Like who else makes sense for Covington? Unless Covington's just gonna sit out. He might not even want to fight yeah. a lower fighter. He might just wait till Usman's, you know, like just continue to hold back. I mean, he doesn't seem too adamant to fight anyone else. Well, I, I wouldn't have minded seeing him fight Burns. I think Covington Burns would be a sick fight. But now that they made uh, Burns versus Wonderboy, I think it makes sense that you give him to Kiesa. I agree. Yeah, I, I feel like that makes perfect sense. You got somebody who's been, you know, doing damage in the weight class on his way up. You got somebody who is trying to fight his way back to a title. I, I, I think it makes perfect sense. If you put Covington versus Kiesa, and if Covington beats Kiesa impressively, uh, you know, easily arguably, you can uh, have him fight for the title after that, or even for a number one contender fight against. Uh, someone like Diaz or Edwards or whoever. And um, if Kiesa wins, uh, which I think he will, um, just keep climbing that ladder. Give him somebody um, highly ranked. Give him the winner, Burns Thompson. Give him somebody uh, you know that's up there. I, I think he, he deserves it. And he's seriously right there. And I feel like that matchup makes so much sense, especially since he's been ca- Kiesa has been calling for it. Yeah. And there's not, not a lot of people are out there calling out Covington either. Yeah, because he's, he's a problem. A but has Covington even mentioned Kiesa at all? No, like not yeah, once. That's the thing. It's like I don't know if he's 
willing to fight lower to him, you know? Well, he's top 10, so I, I feel like if the... I think... Unless he was guaranteed a title fight, I don't know if he would take that fight. Because he, he's never mentioned his name. He's never even even made fun of him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, at least yeah. when he's trying to like push someone's buttons and really like try to d- get that fight, he kind of like starts targeting them, and he hasn't even done that. So, and not to say it can't happen because it's not like I don't know how much longer he can wait out. That's that's what I'm saying. He's uh, he's he's ran out of options. There's nobody else, and he needs to fight to make money, and he needs to to fight to have a better argument to get what he wants. Yeah, even Usman said he needs to be active, but. I don't know. Covington's kind of a weird guy. <laughs> He's you know you could argue uh, Luke versus Covington, but yeah. I'd like I'd like to see Chiesa more honestly. Who's I who's ranked higher? Like, is uh, what's that? Is Luke ranked higher than Covington? Know. Or excuse me, is Luke ranked higher than Chiesa? Uh, yeah. You know what? Luke is six and Chiesa is seven. Okay. Well, I'm. Um, I'm hoping they make Kiesa Covington, but if Luke got it, I wouldn't be mad at it either because uh, he's somebody who's uh, you know put in work who's uh, going to be around for a while, so that'd be a fun matchup yeah. too. Yeah, he's been doing really well. Uh, honestly, we didn't really talk about him actually di- like winning that fight against Woodley, but man, he he looked good. He did really well. Like man, they were both just swinging. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was a good win, but it's not something that I'd, you know praise him over. Are you, like, dude, he lost to uh, to Thompson. Like, he's not. It's not like he's on his oh. way up steamrolling fools. He 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 beat a, 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 a. And I hate saying this. I love Woodley, but he beat a washed up Woodley. Hey. Any skilled fight, any real, all these like you know the, the upper echelon. Nobody's gonna fight him like that. People are gonna find him smart. You can go out there slinging your fists, and you know shit happens. I'm not impressed. I know Covington might sit out, and maybe they'll do Luke versus Chiesa. Good. Kiesa would submit that fool. Get him in the dark stroke. Luke is lucky to be in the top top ten. <laughs> oh man. Am I'm I- gonna disrespect Luke like that. He's uh been putting work in, man. Yeah, but he's not that good. And I'm just being honest. Just smiling over there laughing. Am well, I wrong? Because, well, no. What what jumps out at me about Luke? Okay. is like some of the crazy ass wars he's been in and that his fights are like almost always super fun right but does he seem like a specialist in a particular area that would jump out at me no but he's definitely well-rounded okay like let, let's okay i'm pulling up his record because i gotta you know obviously make my oh, argument see how good his record is huh? no Dude, he's only lost to wonder boy and leon edwards Holy shit! I thought he had more losses than that. Or oh, in Michael Graves. Yeah. And that was in the American Top Team versus Black Zillions. Yeah, the Ultimate yeah, Fighter. <laughs> but but yeah. you think about it, he, he he beat this uh was it Randy Brown, uh Mike Price or not Mike Price? What does uh Nico. Nico Price? Excuse me. Beat him twice. Yeah, and then <laughs> Mike Perry. Come on, dude! Are you trying to tell Mike Perry that guy sucks? He's entertaining. Dude, I'll, I'll listen to him speak. Fighting. He is so fighting this, this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> but all right. To to Luke's defense. Okay. I was there when he fought uh Barbarina, and that fight was fucking bananas. That fight was so good to watch in a live setting. And Luke was just a fucking gangster. I like him. 
I'm not saying he's the most skilled guy in the world. And mm-hmm. obviously his record is pretty good considering two of his losses are against like top tier individuals, but I don't mind seeing him where he's at. I think it's cool. He, he, I feel like um, I'm just not impressed. And when I, I look at the, the top 15, there's uh, uh, they just announced that matchup. Um, Neil Magny versus uh, Jeff Neal. You guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like Luke fights the winner of that fight. That I think that would be a great matchup for him. Because you think about how skilled Magni is, you think about how skilled uh, Jeff Neal is, I think that, that'd be great. Boost him up. I don't know. Yeah. Guess we'll have to see. I think I think Luke versus uh versus Neil would be a straight up slugfest. I'd love to see that. Cause uh Luke uh was ranked ten before he beat Woodley. And uh, you know, just give that opportunity to somebody who's higher in the ranks. And like I said, it's not like he's like some killer who's uh deserving to fight uh like anybody uh else uh, other than thompson who's uh, like above him because uh, everybody else is booked but but if if those fighters above thompson were available if masvidal edwards burns covington were or covington still is available but if, if those are the fighters were available i don't think luke deserves them yet i so if masvidal loses to uh usman i think masvidal versus luke would be so fun i just couldn't imagine that masvidal would even want to take that fight it's not even, I, I don't think that it's if he'd want to take it it's like i don't think the ufc is going to want to pay him to fight someone like that i think they're going to want to give him somebody who's going to make sense who's going to bring in money because they have to pay him so much too leon edwards you know with the two-piece and then you know the whole out the covington freaking drama too so i mean those just sell themselves yeah the the two maga lovers come together for a fight (laughs) you know what i wouldn't be mad if Masvidal just never fought Leon Edwards, I think that would be just hysterical if it went down that way. Am I totally I? forgot about their altercation. That's funny. I feel like that whole thing is like past. Like, like yeah. even even if they were to match up and you try to sell the fight um, and referencing that clip, I'm like, dude, that's old news. Like th- that fight should have happened a long time ago. That they should have capitalized on that drama years ago. So for them. Uh, to try to bring it up if they were to you know book that matchup i'd be like oh this is like they're kind of reaching i'm like dude who cares I, that uh, wouldn't get me excited Leon edwards might want to take that back maybe yeah. but but seeing that clip's not going to want to make me watch the fight even more yeah because everyone would think masvidal is going to win face off of that no, i don't know i don't I know think that, no i, I think, think edwards i think edwards whoops him I don't think he whoops them. I think he'd be competitive. Yeah, see, they're already uh, bringing up the debate. I think you're you're drinking the Kool Aid a little too much over there in, in South Florida, Jeff. He's all about Masvidal. He, got, he bought the freaking. I like Masvidal. He bought his liquor too. I I I respect Masvidal, but I'm just trying to be realistic when I think about his skill set. Got the mezcal over there. So, That's what he just drank. Okay, are you gonna tell me? that God's hate using a Jorge Masvidal clip in the beginning of one of their songs wasn't fucking ultra hard and didn't even make you a little bit happy. No, <laughs> I think I got more. <laughs> I think I got more excited when pain of truth used the Conor McGregor clip when he, they're talking about New York. 
I haven't heard it. I didn't. I didn't know that happened. I think that's more exciting. Dang. He's just shitting on Masvidal, man. What happens when Masvidal? I did. Honestly, I kind of want Masvidal to win against Usman, just so. I would be surprised. So I'm down. Be happy. I want Jeff I want to be happy. Too. I want Jeff to be happy Jeff too. To, I just want him to get in this podcast, and he's just gonna have a big smirk on his face. Dude, right after Masvidal wins. How okay? How is Masvidal <laughs> gonna get around that jab, that Usman jab? You, you saw that jab. I know I, he's gonna break his nose again. He didn't you know break what? his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Usman Usman's jab is fucking ridiculous. It's awesome. It won him the fight against Burns and many other people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I think if if Usman tries to make it like a stand-up thing versus Masvidal, I don't know if his jab's going to be enough. I think, I, think, gonna... I think that would be Usman playing with fire if he tries to get in a stand-up war with him. I think we're going to see the same fight play out again. I think he's just going to grab onto maybe. him. He's he's, he's going to hug him and stomp him and maybe take him down. And unless Masvidal's wrestling has gotten that much better because obviously he's training with some talented wrestlers down there. Unless yeah. he can do what Francis did to Stipe, I think we're going to see the same fight play out. I think that it's definitely Usman's like clearest path to. Oh, oh. Nate, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. With a proper weight cut. Wait, Jeff. Wait on. Oh shit! You you cut out for like two seconds. Can you start over from that phrase? Usman's path to victory. Usman's path. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah, I think what you described is the clearest and most sensible path to victory for Usman, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think because Masvidal is already put pretty close to being on weight. Dang, Jeff's, uh, Jeff's uh, having technical He's difficulties. More... Jeff, you're having technical difficulties still, sir. Jeff's cutting out. Jeff's cutting out. Turn off those uh, downloads, boy. What are you getting ready? You're downloading, watching some YouTube. No, he, he, you got the kids with the iPads. He's got that uh, that one championship restream popped what up. Uh, check, check, chickity, check, check. <laughs> he has like that O face. Yeah. Right now, oh. Too. Yeah, he's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, he got him. He left, and Jeff left. And that's what happens when you support Mons at all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but if I'm being honest, I when I when I look at Usman, he's even though he doesn't even have any knees, his knees are wrecked. He's still like, okay, maybe he he doesn't have the best jujitsu, but his wrestling is so good. His striking is definitely improved. Yeah, I just don't think it's a good night for um, Jorge and. Uh, he, he's great at talking. I, I enjoyed his interview with Errol Hawani. I, I'm a fan of him, but I just don't think he's going to beat Kamar Usman. I think the Nigerian nightmare is just going to be too much for him again. I think Usman, even just training like with Francis, providing that feedback and kind of like seeing his growth as well, I think that benefits Usman just as much as Francis. And I mean, they're working together, and I can see it. I could see Usman still winning. Probably he's more likely to win the mods ball. Hey, but I don't oh, count mods ball out. You're back. Jeff's there back. But he, oh. he cut out again. 
Looks like uh, you gotta reset your router. Jeff, you, yeah, you. Have you, you try to turn it again. on and off again? <laughs> Thought about it. So, are we good? Am I consistent? Am I cutting in and out? I you're don't know a little, what was going you're on. A little there. shaky. Yeah. Kind of, kind of seems like it stabilized a bit. All right. So I was basically just saying, Mazdal. I think he's got a got a much better chance than people are giving him credit for because he's going to come into it in much better shape and he's going to be more explosive to fight off the clinch. Yeah, honestly, he does have a better chance this time around. It's just Usman's just really good. Is pretty much. I mean, just look at the last performance Usman had, and you're just. He just seems to be getting better and better. So unless Masvidal seen something or trying, you know, maybe it's just the same with like the Aspirin fight when Masvidal had that. He saw something that he wanted to capitalize on and he took it and it paid off. So unless he like has an answer or sees a tendency that he can capitalize on, I think that's what Masvidal's best shot is going to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Usman really gives much of anything that somebody could capitalize on. I think he's just so solid all around. Um, I think Mazadal's best chance is if Usman tries to keep it standing and becomes super reliant on the jab. But eh, we'll see. I'm not counting him out. The way to beat Usman, you got to match that energy. You, you got to bring the fight to him and have the proper skill set to, to deal with everything. So it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see what Mazadal brings to the table this time around. That's a good matchup. I mean, regardless, hopefully uh, they throw a little more, you know. First one, they definitely uh, kind of slowed down a bit towards the end, but I think uh, both of them are coming into this fight a lot better off. And so I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, I agree. Um, Historically, and I think the most recent example would be the Diaz fight. Masvidal can be super vicious fighting out of the clinch and you didn't see that at all in the first Usman fight. And I think there's a good chance that we'll see it this time around. Yeah. He, he might like, honestly, the first part of that match is going to be vital for Masvidal. The longer it goes, I think the sure. more it favors Usman. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Jamie's just staring. No, I, I, no, yes, I, I'm nice. just ready to move on to the next topic because I could, we could go yeah. on uh, yeah, okay. forever. Well, you know what? we should talk about UFC on ABC because that's uh, pretty much what this podcast is for. And it's honestly not that impressive. There's like three good fights. Yeah, and it it, it sucks that uh, you know it, it, it came to this. Uh, obviously. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be Vittori versus Holland for the headliner, but you know things happen, and uh, they can only do so much. Uh, it, it, it's not like a terrible fight, but it, it's just not what I wanted. It, I don't think Holland, especially after his last performance, should be fighting Marvin Vittori, but he was all—he was the one person that threw his hat out, you know, and he jumped all over it. So if Holland can, it's really tough. This is a really uphill battle for Holland. Not saying it's impossible, but man, Vittori, he's a he's a tough dude. I mean, you saw what he did against Israel. You know, he likes to argue that he won that fight. And Holland, 
didn't you know he got out wrestled pretty bad by Brunson who was pretty gassed during that fight you know so it was kind of he didn't have an answer for that it's tough to really lean for Holland even with how impressive he was leading up to this because this is such a jump in competition yeah and I I think uh, he hasn't had enough time to improve his skill set since the fight against Brunson. So for him to make the quick turnaround, I, I get it. He wants to get back in there. He wants to erase that last loss. But I just think Vittori is going to be too much for him. And it's just uh, not going to be a good night. I don't know if he finishes Holland, but I just don't see Holland beating Vittori. Yeah, I think it looks a lot like the Brunson fight. Uh. I can see, but I can see uh, Marvin actually knocking him out too. Holland, he oh, has that strength. I don't know about all that. I mean, that'd be crazy. Well, because if he wrestles him and actually tires him out, I could see Brunson. You know, like Brunson didn't capitalize on it. I could see Marvin actually doing drought. Like because when Brunson took Holland down, he didn't really get too active. He didn't really throw as much. I mean, I think Holland threw more off the his back than. Brunson was really throwing at him, you know, so I could see Marvin actually just doing ground the pound and maybe even getting like a TKO stoppage at least. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Um, I'm actually the most excited to see our boy Julian Marquez fight Sam Alvey. I actually, think, yeah, I think Julian Marquez is going to win that easily. Oh yeah. I think Mark, I think Marquez is going to smoke him and I'm psyched on it. I'm just, uh, uh, just hoping he doesn't, uh, you know, get too reckless because obviously Sam Alvey has knockout power. Um, yeah. You know, people. I, I feel like sometimes people take him a little light because you know, smiling Sam Alvey. Yeah. Uh, always looking no, happy. He's a veteran and he's good, with a good gym. He's you know, pretty consistent with fighting. You know, maybe not always in the win column, but he definitely puts it all out there. Yeah. Obviously, I'm rooting for uh, Julian Marquez. I just um, hope he uh, plays it smart. But the one fight that I'm really excited for is uh, the co-main, the Arnold Allen versus Sadiq Yusuf. I think that's going to be fight of the night. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if he hasn't been keeping it with Arnold Allen, but he's been, you know, on a tear since he, he came into the UFC and really impressive record. He's beat some notable people, and it's been pretty impressive. Yeah, 16 and ones beat Gilbert Melendez. That was sad. That was so yeah. sad. Melendez, man. Dude. He just dropped off hard. It, it's crazy. It just was like flipping a switch. Well, you got to re- – well, no, you, you got to think back. Remember, he, he got popped. Yeah. And and that that, that hurts me to say because I'm a I'm huge fan. Like I was mentioning earlier, I, you know, I, I support the 209. I'm a huge fan of the Scrap Pack. I, I love Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez, Nate Diaz. Uh, so to, to – to be there and not there physically, but just to be around and to, to see him get popped and him have to, you know, kind of put in his time for getting caught. It, it sucks. And, you know, he came back, obviously he's aged, uh, competition just got better, but then also it's just like, he didn't look the same. So it's just, you know, it's just one of those things too. Like he's, he, um, we got to question how long had he been doing it? And, um, you know, I, I can't, uh, you know, not question his career just because I'm a huge fan. So it, it, it sucks to, 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 to see him go out the way that he did. And I, 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 yeah, it just sucked, but 
good on Arnold Allen. You know, he's doing his thing coming in, uh, you know, great fighter. And I'm just happy to see him get that co-main spot because there was a lot of hype on him when he came to the UFC and he's definitely, uh, you know, performed and he's, you know, fought through adversity. So I'm just really excited to see him fight. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be interesting. I think, uh, I actually would say that they're pretty evenly matched. I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to be fight of the night and it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm I, I'm I'm picking Allen, but I'm, I'm not counting out uh, Sidi Yusuf at all because that guy no. super talented. Yeah, good striker throws a lot. So I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a interesting fight. I mean, yeah, it's kind of bummer that Till dropped off from this because that's really like the biggest name on it on the card. But, I think uh, he's, a, I think he's also a really fun matchup for Vittori. Yeah. Did it um, come out um, how Till broke his collarbone? Mm, not that All I saw I about. It, I just heard it was like uh, through training. Uh, that's what I read, but I wasn't sure if they actually talked about how it happened. So I'm thinking about like how do you break your collarbone in training? Like what kind of training is he doing? And especially that <laughs> that hard of training, uh, especially so close to the actual fight. I mean, I would think that he was probably wrestling and maybe got slammed in a way. Like someone maybe got behind him and then tried to dump him like that and he landed in a weird way on his collarbone and could have broken it. But yeah. Or maybe he had like a hairline fracture he didn't know about. Yeah. Because you know, maybe he was, you never know, bones after a while, you know, so much pressure, so much training wears yeah. him down. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he wasn't like slammed like crazy um, you know during sparring he's gonna have to get on the call with uh max holloway and talk about you know some you know, uh, techniques some to training exactly so, some techniques on how to train better and safer to actually make it to the fight because think about till but how long has he been out now he, he missed this fight when, when was that time that, that he fought he beat was it a, i'm trying to think when he beat was it gas it wasn't gaslam was that the last one i Oh, no, oh no, no, no! Um, he got uh, beat by Whitaker. It was that was after the Gaslam fight. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was back uh, July 26, twenty twenty. Whitaker beat him uh, unanimous decision. Which okay. Whoa, so, he's lost three of his last four. Holy crap! He's uh, yeah. That's why it was kind of weird that Israel was calling for a title fight with him if he won. You know, it's like well, it's like what he did with Romero. Yeah. Well, uh, before you got on the call, Jeff, uh, this is like way before you got on the call. I was speaking about um, Robert Whitaker. I think if he fights his way back to a, a title shot against I- Izzy, I think he could take him. Who's that? Whitaker. Uh, I heard you guys talking about that. Maybe. I think he, he'd he have to improve an awful lot or he'd have to figure out a way to take Izzy down. I think he just has to put his aggression on check and kind of fight smarter because Whitaker is a really good boxer. And I think he was just kind of falling into Israel's traps. And I think Jan, you know, showed some, like if you threw a little wrestling in there, threw, you know, because Whitaker has good wrestling too. He has good takedown defense. He has a pretty good overall set of skills. And I think if he tried to utilize it all, I think he would be more successful against Israel. But not even that. You got to remember uh, that uh, that 
timeline back then when he fought Izzy, he, he was dealing with all that personal stuff leading up to that. Yeah. And with his daughter and everything. Yeah. And then look at, he lost the belt and you know, all that stuff was cleared up and he was able to just refocus and dedicate himself to training and not have to deal with all that, you know, personal drama. Um, and look at how he's performed. He's taken out, uh, you know, contenders. They remember they, they put up Cannoneer and people swore up and down that Cannoneer was going to get him, and he pieced up Cannoneer bad. So, yeah. so I just, uh, and, and it's just like one of those things. It's like, okay, uh, did uh, or was the six days notice, um, you know, the reason Miles all lost? Was it all the personal stuff because, um, you know, Whitaker lost? Like, who knows? Um, that's why I want to, that's something that I really want to see in the future is um, Whitaker fight his way back. And he, dude, he beats Gast- uh, Gastelum. Uh, who's, who's left besides that title shot? Yeah, yeah beating Gastelum's enough. Um, I got Gastelum, though. I have to. For sure. That, I have that's, to. that's totally fair. I'm pulling Gaslam. That's your homie, but I'm I got my money on on Whitaker. He's he's just, yeah, yeah. but dude, when I look at um, Gaslam's last performance, I'm like, dude, he seemed just so slow and not skilled against somebody who, uh, you know, was maybe it was too early for him. But when when I think about the way Robert Whitaker, like his skill set, I'm like, oh man, Gaslam's not gonna be able to, to to perform the way he did in his last fight against uh, Robert Whitaker. He's gonna get he's gonna get wrecked. I don't think he's gonna perform like that. I think Gaslam is the kind of fighter that just rises to the occasion mm-hmm. for better or for worse. You know what I mean? Cause he's dude, he's had some, he's had some boring fights against people that don't necessarily bring it, but he rose to the occasion versus, versus Izzy. You know, I think that's a really good example. Yeah. Um, came down to the last had round. A couple, had a couple, had a couple snoozers after that for sure. And I think if, Whitaker comes out guns a blazing. I think Gaslam is going to match that energy, and it's going to be a real interesting fight. Yeah, that that's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend. That's crazy that it's coming up so fast. Like these next three weeks of fights, like this weekend, we only got uh, Whitaker Gaslam, and then the following Usman Masvidal too. Yeah. We're we're spoiled. Yeah, no, dude, for sure, and I think that that Gaslam, even though he's kind of like kind of like a little little short little guy sort of and he doesn't have like a crazy reach he has just this way of like finding a way on the inside and connecting on people and maybe he does it against Whitaker no maybe not but I I for sure think there's a good chance he could take Whitaker down and wrestle him you watch that Chris Weidman fight <laughs> <laughs> Man, Chris Weidman's fighting fighting against uh, Uriah Hall, which, man, Gaslam had a hell of a performance against Hall and won that tough. Everyone thought Hall was going to win that. Well, you got to realize this is a rematch. Weidman's already beat Uriah Hall because they fought on the regional circuit. Dang. So, I don't know. Uriah Hall is gonna do that spin head kick and Uriah Hall. <laughs> he he's one of those fighters. Like I I I like Uriah Hall, but I just feel like uh, he he's one of those guys that hasn't like un unlocked like his real potential. Like obviously, like we see he has skills, but there's just something when he gets in some of those fights and he, he just doesn't perform the way that I think that he really can. I don't know if it's if it's like his confidence or or what, but there's sometimes like I'll watch and find like what is he doing. I don't know. It's just kind of like how 
mental like your mental fortitude and the way that you're perceiving yourself within a fight you can discourage yourself to the point that you don't believe in yourself you know and i feel like that's what uriah hall does like he just gives up you know he doesn't in the moment like rise to the occasion on, on a time so there's sometimes where he completely you know surprises and really puts himself out there but um you caught gaygard so mutasu that one time yeah yeah, Musasi got took that back. Though. <laughs> yeah, because Musasi was like, "Who the hell is this whack fool that they want me to fight?" And he, <laughs> he just got that was nasty. Uh, Hall caught him nasty. Um, yeah, but Gegard was like, "All right, cool. I'll, I'll I'll take my loss like a man, but I'm gonna run it back." And he got it. Man, I wish that that's absolutely one fighter I wish would have stayed in the UFC. I would have I would love to see what middleweight looks like with Gagarin Masasi around. I think Adesanya would have a tough time with him, man. You think so? See, and, and yeah, this, this is I where I feel like we differ because I'm a huge Musasi fan, but I just feel like he's just so he's a little too like lax. Like what when it comes into fighting, I, I think he's a little too slow. And the way that, that Izzy fights, I just don't think it, it, it's a good matchup for him. I mean, Izzy's a bad matchup for, I don't know, every single middleweight on planet Earth, but. Not, not Whitaker. <laughs> um, was last time. The When Gegard was in the UFC, he obviously had a, a you know, pretty good run in there, but I feel like there's a reason why he left. Obviously, he, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I knew he wasn't happy with some things. But um, I just, I don't know. I think I think it's because he was getting passed over on a lot of big fights and he thought that he had done enough to start fighting like top three dudes. And there was controversy with the Chris Weidman win because he got, I want to say that he gets credited with a TKO but there was controversy because Weidman was like a downed opponent or there was a strike to the back ahead or something. Am I, am I correct on that? I know there was some weirdness with that fight. I think it was fair, but go ahead. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I just think I remember there being controversy and then he was a free agent at that point and went to Bellator. Yeah. I think he just had a good working relationship with Coker before, you know, even before he was in the UFC. And yeah. I think, they probably just offered him a lot of money and he was like, man, I'm just going to run with that. Why not? He's been doing well over there too. He lost that decision, you know, for the, and lost the belt, but then he ended up winning against Douglas Lima, who's, you know, he gets one of their best fighters. It's too small. It, yeah. it's, it's never good to go up uh, from welterweight to fight gay garden. Those guys are just way too small, but if if um, uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. didn't have to retire, he'd still uh, he would still be the champ. Gegard wouldn't be the champ. Yeah, maybe. Man, what about that? You mentioned welterweights going up to fight him. That beating he put on Rory McDonald, dude. Send him. Did yeah. you guys watch that? That shit was yeah. brutal, sad. man. It was sad. It was like, and this is Rory McDonald. You're you're looking at him like you know he was supposed to be the next GSP super talented fighter. And then he goes up and 
you know, he just looks like an amateur fighting. Like he didn't, it looked like he didn't belong in there with Gegard. And that just blew my mind. Cause I'm like, I know how talented Rory McDonald is. And for him to be in there against Gegard and just look like shit. It was, it was it's weird. It's what? Cause Gegard's a big middleweight. That guy could fight light heavyweight. He, he used to. I think he had fought light heavyweight. Yeah. And I think he was just too big for Rory in that fight, for sure. Like, I think size played a huge, huge role in it. Yeah, that, that, that was rough to watch. But, you know, Rory McDonald, he's uh, in the PFL, which, uh, you know, hopefully he does well there. Maybe he can get that million. Who knows? Yeah. Never know. It's kind of interesting to see so much talent kind of disperse in different directions lately. But I mean, it's good, you know. It's nice to see new people get opportunities, especially in the UFC. It's good. Um, But okay, so we have all these different options now. Uh, You know, if fighters want to take the tournament route and try to um, have that opportunity to win a million dollars, cool. Uh, you can go to Bellator. You can go over to Asia. There's one. There's Ryzen. Uh, you got the UFC. Uh, which would you guys prefer to watch, or where would you guys want to see things like in the future um, for the growth of MMA? Like, like where, where, what do you guys want to see these fighters go to succeed and have them be the future of MMA? Honestly, I think UFC still is going to be that top dog for just fighters just because of the name recognition and you know now they got the backing they have those actors and a lot of people that are invested into it you know because they're corporate owners and they're looking to buy even more into it they have a lot of leverage a lot of people to really push you know ufc fighters as you you've been seeing you've been seeing a lot more celebrities a lot more people attending these type of events and you know you see the rock always posting about you see you know there's a lot of recognition in that that other organizations just don't get. And I can see that you, know, you don't see people like Conor McGregor and other organizations making that much money. Like you could make good money. You could make the mill if you win the tournament. But I don't see that making you a superstar per I, se. I think the key would be other organizations namely Bellator sticking to it and continuing to grow the way they are, because you got to think over the years, UFC has just been buying out all of its competition, which is why they have such crazy name recognition right now. I mean, imagine if pride could have stuck around and grown or like your WEC or your strike force or things like that. You know what I mean? And I think by the UFC absorbing all of those, it just creates at this point almost a monopoly but with the progressive pay that jamie and you guys were talking about earlier with bellator and other organizations i think if they stick with that and continue to grow they're going to get a bigger foothold and that'll help the sport grow and give fighters more options i'm with it I remember it's all like Pitbull saying, like, he thinks cross promotion is the key for MMA that continue growing. I'm so down for cross promotion. That would be awesome. You would, they would just have to figure out, like, if you're going to cross promote with like one, you would have to figure out like a catch weight. You'd have to figure out a rule set. There'd be some complications there for sure. But 
I think it'd be cool, at least cross-promoting Bellator and UFC. But I don't know. I think it would only work with certain fighters because if you like cross-promoted Bellator with fighters that were already in the UFC, I don't think it would be as effective. I think it would have to be with like a Pitbull or an AJ McKee or something like that. Yeah. My only concern would be it would like turn into boxing. Like say Lima fights Usman, beats Usman or loses to Usman, whichever way you want to go. They get um, the UFC champion and they get the Bellator champion and one. So they'll have the two belts in one organization. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. that's weird. So, so uh, th- there could be a scenario where Beltor just never has another middleweight champion because they're going to have to try to go back and uh, win it from their competition. Or there's definitely a lot of fuckery in boxing like that. But I know it's kind of weird that you bring that up. Boxers make a shitload more money, at least the bigger boxers, than UFC fighters. True. And true. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, maybe maybe a scenario like that could happen. Kind of doubt it, just because it's apples and oranges. There's so many differences, but who knows, man? It'd be it'd be interesting for sure. I just don't see uh, a lot of benefit for the UFC to cross promote. No, it would it would benefit other people for sure because they have such they have the name recognition. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they have like such a huge foothold. Um, I will say though that UFC guys like Mighty Mouse. Um, He's not UFC. Well, he used to be UFC. Okay. Some of these people that were really good in the UFC getting beat by guys in other organizations can maybe solidify with your casual viewers that there's really impressive talent that's not in the UFC. And that the other organizations are valid with the people that are in them. But do you think we're already trained to, or these fighters are trained to the ultimate goal is to get to the UFC and become a UFC champion? Because who are, are there any up and coming fighters who are, all right, cool. Like my dream is to uh, get into Bellator and be the Bellator heavyweight yeah. champion. I don't not, I, not yet. I, I think the recognition and the name recognition that the UFC has is a huge thing. Cause dude, there's people that I know that don't even call it MMA fighting. They call it UFC fighting. Have oh. you encountered that? Oh, trust me. Yeah. It, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. And, I hate but, it. But that's, I mean, the sport's so young, right? If you think about like in the grand scheme of things, dude, it was like 25 years ago, 20 years ago, where if you wanted to get a UFC dvd or videotape you had to go in like the adult section of a video store right yeah like this the the sport is still progressing and i think because it's still so young that organizations like bellator there they have a chance to maybe not fully catch up within the next like few years but if we're talking long term there's a chance that they could get as much talent you know yeah yeah i think it's just gonna be rough because you, th- you think about the at the rate that the UFC is growing, they're gonna it's gonna get to a point where they're gonna be, you know, just as uh, you know respected as like the MLB, NBA, sure. NFL. Oh, yeah, but I there agree. used to be other type of organizations like that did football too. So I mean, it's just like anything at the early stages. You know, <laughs> it really is important to leverage yourself, and right now UFC 
is at the keep. And if they continue to do what they're doing and continue to draw the most money, draw the most average, you know, everyone's going to continue to flock there. And so yeah. they need like Bellator going to Showtime and doing like they're trying to make strides, trying to build that recognition, but they need that once they need someone to break out, you know, and really come to the top mm-hmm. and re- like be like a notable fighter to everyone. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could mention someone from Bellator and most casual people probably wouldn't know. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of people that are really good in Bellator. The only ones they would probably recognize are people that used to previously be in like the UFC. Yeah. And I, I think that has a lot to do with what I mentioned before the UFC kind of buying out other organizations and creating a pretty much a monopoly. Um, I think with the sport being so young, like I mentioned, and that Bellator and all these other organizations for the most part are as easily accessible now as the UFC is because most people are streaming fights, right? So it's just as easy to watch a Bellator fight now as it is to watch a UFC fight where back in the day it was way easier and you knew about the UFC pay-per-view just because there's way better advertising. Not everyone knew you would have to go on to Showtime to watch Strikeforce, right? You would That's something you would stumble upon for the most part. Now it's different, especially in, in the age of social media and things like Instagram and places like Twitter, places where the other organizations can can get followers and create content. I think there's more of an even playing field than there was before. Viral knockouts play a big factor in that too. So like, I mean, look how much it gets shared. Like Twitter, YouTube is very good for building brands. 100%. Rely on influencers. So I think whoa, whoa, now, chill, chill, uh, chill, a, chill out. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to let that one slide. We're not going to rely on influencers to grow our sport. It's a modern age. No, I'm not saying UFC has to do that. Name, Bellator and things. They have to think outside the box. That's not, that's not outside the box these days. Okay. So yeah. Why is Jake Paul fighting Ben Askren that, in a boxing that's, match? But that's, that's but that has nothing to do with MMA. It's still a viral it, was born out of viralness you know like it was born no it wasn't it, it, this is jake paul trying to grow his boxing career this isn't to grow anything else but, he's but that an mma fighter no, he's, and so it's pretty much pitting the mma versus boxing no he's and yeah you would see that argument online I'm what not, what, what I'm argument to that that like that's what even jake paul says even the thing this is if like boxing versus mma he wants to prove that he's better no it's not boxing versus mma this is boxing just flat out boxing this is not a mixed rules fight this is a boxing fight this isn't boxing versus mma because if it was I'm boxing versus that, mma ben ashman would be able to use his full presented. skill set it's not, not that, being, that's not how it's being presented it's being presented as a boxing match they even bring up george masvidal to be like oh i start that full in mma like it is part of it i've been watching stuff with it they bring up mma all the time yeah but that doesn't mean this is a boxing versus mma fight but you're seeing all these people these young kids that are following jake paul they're not going to know that people what, aren't familiar with. They're tuning sport. in to watch boxing. They're not tuning in to watch a mixed fight. No, they're, they're tuning in to watch Jake Paul. They're not tuning in to watch boxing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step boxing. in real quick. Okay. I see both of your guys' point of view. I think what, what Nate is conveying is that the influencers, because of the way younger people 
couldn't that guy sound so fucking old because of the way people consume content now there's eyes on combat sports in general because jake paul's fighting that never would have looked at it before right there's people who watch boxing because ryan garcia has embraced social media that never would have watched boxing before right because they cross they cross collaborate is that the point you're making yeah he and i and i believe he's saying that if in mixed martial arts, you embrace that type of an element, it could cause more growth. And the point I was making is organizations like Bellator, they have a lot of the same tools aside from Fight Island and name recognition that the UFC currently has. And over time, I think there's more of an opportunity than ever because of technology for them to be able to grow their brand and become an even bigger competitor with the UFC, which in turn would force the UFC to improve their product even more. I could see it turning into a Coke versus Pepsi type deal. But they don't need influencers. Oh. <laughs> it's true. And then why is TikTok so big? It's like it's exactly like Vine, but Vine failed and now you got TikTok and it's weight. Vine didn't fail. Vine bigger. sold and then they just shut it down. It didn't fail. That's failure. <laughs> no, they sold. They chose to yeah. sell because they wanted money. Yeah, and then look what happened. It's how is that? How how is that failure? Just because you get a payout doesn't mean you didn't fail. How how does getting a payout mean you fail? When I get paid on Friday, does that mean I fail every week? No, because you're still working. You're still doing that. If Vine would have continued after wait, sell, did, did everybody from Vine just stop working? Yeah, there's no one, <laughs> who works for the company of Vine. Nobody. They got absorbed. They saw an opportunity Where? to cash out. Yeah, now that it, just because they got paid out doesn't mean that they're still working in that industry or even that. They could have opened a business. They could have went into a bakery, a restaurant. Yeah, but I don't think they but failed. Vines. Doesn't mean they failed. Yeah, it's a harsh word. But I mean, that's what they, they said. They didn't say goodbye, Vine. They said RIP. Yeah, because they shut down the app when the, the people who bought it, they're like, all right, cool. See you later. It, it exactly. wasn't the, no, it wasn't the, the, the craze of vine. They didn't shut it down. They sold it. It was still going on. Then it got shut down. There was yeah, value. There was fell. value in vine. That's why somebody bought it. They didn't buy it because it was failing. Well, yeah, but who took it over? They made it fail. Yeah, but vine didn't fail. You're trying to say that the people who created vine failed. I didn't say they failed. They did. They still <laughs> made the money and sold it, but that doesn't mean Vine didn't fail. It did fail. It's not even relevant anymore. Yeah, it is. Go on YouTube. There's still Vine comps being uploaded to this day. You you don't you didn't even watch Vine. Whenever I reference Vine, exactly. So how can you say Vine's not relevant? You you know you don't know anything about Vine. Well, exactly. No one knows what about Vine outside of you watching the old videos. No, there's. I just said there's new videos. On TikTok now. Go on YouTube right now. There's Vine comps being uploaded. All this is Instagram videos now being mimicked as vines or even tiktoks well going now i'm bringing it way back ufc doesn't need influencers ufc hasn't had influencers uh they they have celebrities come on the sidelines they're celebrities those aren't um influencers those the influencers are different things is an influencer no he's a ex nba star He's definitely the term influencers. No, no, there's a, than just there's uh, there's a difference. That are celebrities because they're influencers. Celebrities and influencers, there's those are two different things. 
I don't think about. I don't think so. Yeah. When you think about these influencers, you're, you're thinking about those social media stars who are on there trying to promote a product. That's different than a celebrity or an ex-athlete uh, who's a superstar. But you got to look at the homegrown people that started as influencers and become celebrities. It still it merges at one point where yeah, I mean, but, these people are making millions of dollars just for being them. Yeah, for doing nothing. No skills outside of making videos. That's a skill. Yeah. And they <laughs> but you just said no skill. skill. That, that That's a skill. Well, exactly. And they're using that. But who? UFC is not using any of those people. Well, they brought those one guys. Remember Fight Island? I forget what they're called. You're talking about the Nelk the, Boys. Yeah. Are they influencers? No. Are you kidding not. me? No. The Nelk Boys aren't influencers. No. Who, who do they influence? They have, they have their own cult following. They make zero dollars from YouTube. It's all from their merch sales. Oh, okay. Because they sell merch because they don't get money off of YouTube. They're not influencers. No. I don't know about that one. But the whoever listens to this, you you didn't even know who they were. I had to tell you who they were. How influential are they? If you didn't even know their name, I don't give a shit about any influencer. That's why. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, the say that influencers aren't relevant today to the today's world. To I did say that. I said UFC. UFC is not using influencers not to promote UFC. their product. I was saying Bellator. I was saying PFL. But who, who are they using? Who are they using? I'm not saying they're using anyone. We're saying that they can use them. You're saying that they should. No. They, I don't think they should. We got to keep the sport pure. If they're going to cash out and be like, oh, here, you're a famous influencer. Here, um, do some uh, brand deal to get our, our uh, brand out there. That, that's corny. It's not going to happen. Honestly, I think the UFC kind of tried that with CM Punk. I know that was before like the influencer age, but they brought in a famous person from like another sport or what what have you to come in and fight. And obviously that didn't pan out very well. I know it worked out for Brock Lesnar, but that's like about it. You know? I think they just wanted another superstar. Freaking CM Punk. That guy does pretty well. He's a good influencer. Not really, not for the UFC. Yeah, definitely not for the UFC, but eh, for re- wrestling, he was pretty good for them. He has a pretty good following. Are you a CM Punk fan? Are you going to educate no, actually, us? I, I hate, I'm not a big fan of wrestling after the Attitude Era, personally. Well, it's... X going to give it to you, Jamie. All I'm saying, no, no influencers in the UFC they don't need it they're fine they're big five years watch they're gonna be they're gonna... oh my god look at this clip on TikTok they're gonna have the side stream where they have them reacting to the KO like oh you're you're predicting a really bad future for all of us yeah I'm with I'm, I'm with Jamie um I I think you're also right though Nate that shit like that does play a factor hence the Askren versus Paul thing that has nothing to do with UFC. I, it doesn't, but it we're talking combat sports here as a whole. No, we're right? speaking MMA on this podcast, yes. But because of the attention that this other sport is getting by going that route, 
I think Nate is saying that if UFC or not UFC, but if other organizations figured out a way to utilize influencers that it could create a new audience. So you're telling me you want to see has that wrestler guy too. You want to see a a freak show. No, 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 no. They had that, they had that X star. They had that X, um, shit. What was that guy? It was all tatted up and he was, um, X reality star. I have no idea. I don't want to see freak show. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just trying to articulate the point that I think Nate's making. And I don't think Nate wants to see freak show. I think Nate yeah. is saying that other organizations could focus on, because he mentioned viral knockouts at the very beginning of this debate, could focus on making those knockouts viral on other apps. And if an influencer were to react to that on YouTube or wherever and bring more attention to the sport through that, it could help grow that particular organization. Yes. Am I, am I spot yeah. on with that one? But you okay. do you, you do realize when something goes viral, they're not paying for it to go viral. That's just free advertisement for them. So why would they pay an influencer to make something go viral if it's already viral? Boosting. You wouldn't pay the influencer to make it go viral. You would work with the influencer, almost like how these brands do brand deals with them, to expose the audience that might not already have UFC exposure or MMA exposure and it could help that particular organization. Yeah, I mean, look how much social media helped with like Wendy's, for example, you know, just cause they did that one quirk where they responded to someone. Now all they do is roast people online. They don't even yeah. talk about their food. Like okay. really traditionally. I mean, how many times have you gone to Wendy's this week? Actually, fucking I go to Wendy's actually every once in a while. You're a yeah. fucking liar. I like what dude. You're I like a fucking really. liar. Well, I have one down the street. You've never Pull. gone to Wendy's. Show me your receipt. Pull up your bank statements. Pull up your bank statements. Man. You didn't go to Wendy's off a tweet. Got, they have the dispensary right next to it. Shut the hell up. You think pull I up your, can get in some chili pull up, after I get in some weed? Pull up the bank statements. I want to see the bank statements. Yeah, I'm going to get into spicy nuggets. Screenshot it right now. You ain't going to fucking Wendy's off a viral Dude, tweet. I, I go to Wendy's. I have the app on my phone. Show me your That's bank statements. Show me your bank statements. That's the only way I believe you. You ain't going to Wendy's off a viral tweet. That shit ain't working. I didn't go because of the bio tweet. I actually like Wendy's. I, I like the baked potato, dude. I like the I like the stuff. They have some unorthodox items, to be honest. I not it's not because of their Twitter. I don't follow their Twitter. Okay. I just like Wendy's. So I feel like you're making my point for me. It, it doesn't help. It's not gonna help. They don't need it. it, it if it goes viral, it, it, people already know about it. I know. You think That's people it. didn't like like know Wendy's beforehand? Like, there's definitely people that I knew Wendy's because we always had one in India when I was a kid. Like. It was always part of like my dad would always get a baked potato. That's part of like I grew up with Wendy's. Yeah, like these kids are growing up with the UFC. Yeah, and they could be growing up with Bellator and PFL and all the other ones with no influencers. I don't know. I think they could use them still. Okay, it's so the modern you, age. How how can? I, oh wait, go ahead, Jeff. I Just think the point he's making, I think, I think he's, oh shit, am I breaking up? No, you're fine. Well, you're you, fine. Got, you cleared out now. Yeah, you you're were fine. like pause for a bit. I think, I think Nate here is referencing the youth. People like you, Jamie, me, uh, older, more seasoned individuals. I, I'm offended. Aren't necessarily going to be swayed in one direction or another because of an influencer. Certainly not me. Clearly not you. 
But the next generation, the gen- generation after that, and then after that, maybe they will be because like, that's why, just all they know. Why is Chris Weidman playing Twitch with TMM this, like an actual like streamer? Get out of aim, like, and they have a UFC Twitch account. It's it's just part of the nature of things. It's just where things are going, unfortunately. And we're like, I look at like my nephews, for example. I'm, I'm around them all the time now. They watch so much streamers and YouTube content about Minecraft and things like that that I would never watch. I I don't care to watch people generally like that. I mean, it's sometimes I'll watch you know compilations just with i'm at work eating something because i just don't want to sit there and eat like not see anything but i won't actually watch someone stream generally but there's people that's all they do and all they subscribe to and listen to like i think because we're in that kind of an age right now or at least we're progressing more so into it that an an mma organization being on Showtime certainly is helpful and effective, but a more a more effective tool in the future or gearing towards the future would be getting more eyes from other areas because everything is shifting towards streaming. And an influencer in collaborating with them, it could do that. I just think they're at the point where, and, and this is me, I watch streamers. I talk about one of my favorite uh, Apex streamers, Staycation, all the time. Nate knows this. Uh, I'm not against streamers or um, influencers. I just don't think that they need them. It, it's, it's already to a point where um, people know what MMA is. Uh, you know, Jeff, you referenced, referenced it earlier where people don't call it MMA. They call it UFC. Uh, I feel like like these. That's what I'm saying. They break that stigma. It's not a bad stigma for UFC. Yeah, for them, it, that's why that same influencers need to be used by UFC. It's everyone else. But, uh, it, but when I look at it, I, I think it's just kind of futile. There's, they're so far ahead. Like I, and even if, and even if WME or whoever uh, is over owning the UFC, their their branding, their name recognition is so good that somebody will want to come and purchase it and see the value in it, and it just doesn't make sense when. They could like Bellator, PFL, all, all these other people. Obviously, they have these bigger companies behind them, backing them, uh, funneling all the money to make it happen. They're not going to pay these random YouTubers, vloggers to talk about it when they probably are already do if they're fans. How else are they going to grow, though? Because there's not really cable in the same sense of when we were growing up. And the only way you can really spread information or really gather eyes is through ads or through people. Yeah, people ads are fine. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying they don't need ads. I'm just saying they don't need influencers. How have they grown in the past year? What influencers talking about Bellator PFL right now? We're not. I, I think Nate's not saying that they need them. I think he's saying that going in that direction because of the success of these other freak show fights, which is different than MMA. MMA doesn't need it. But using those kind of tools, it could be beneficial for an organization that is a little more fledgling than the UFC. I don't think so. I think when you break it down and the, the purest people don't like, dude, the, the real boxing fans, people don't like the Jake Paul fight. People hate it. They think it's bad for the sport. There's also a lot of real, you know, purest boxing fans that hate Ryan Garcia. 
and I also know there's a lot of early 20 something people that discovered boxing because of Ryan Garcia exclusively. So maybe it would be on the fighters as well to kind of like but market themselves in that way, which they're already doing, you know, but I feel like it's a bad comparison because Ryan Garcia is an actual boxer yes, who started a YouTube channel. It's not yes. like it's not like he became YouTube famous and is going the Jake Paul route like Jake Paul, super famous. I'm you know, I know about the Jake Paulers. I've followed his career and it's and there's a reason why he's had this success. You know, obviously he's a dedicated boxer. Um, and his popularity is what, you know, put him in these positions to get these kinds of fights and good on him. But I think it's going to be short lived when he, you know, fights Ben Askren. If he wins, where does he go from here? Is he going to have another freak show? He's talking about becoming a champion, wanting to call out, uh, you know, Canelo uh, and calling out these <laughs> other fighters. It's just like at some point he's going to have to actually fight a real boxer and then he's going to you know, get a, some real experience. And it's just and then what? He, he's not going to last. But when you think about like the real deal boxing, the real boxers, it, 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 there's no place for him. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's these kids continue to grow up the way that they consume social media, the way they consume streaming, the way I could see a shift. I could see people that are going to be hybrids, you know, slash influencers slash actual fighters i mean you see people use instagram to their advantage by sharing viral videos Derek lewis does that where all he does is use his comedy and things to build up his brand it's a good way to grow yourself and i could see it i've never said it was a bad way way. what you're saying it shouldn't be part of it i'm saying that i'm saying the organization's it's a bad look for them to pay influencers to try to promote their organizations. They don't need it. You worded that way better than I could have. I don't know. I think they're going to do it. Who? I'm just saying, I'm not <laughs> Who? saying that How? it's not going to, I'm not saying that it should happen. I'm saying you're going to start seeing more and more because you already start seeing the UFC dabbling and things. Like I said, Chris Wyman playing with professional fighters, Holloway, you know, playing with professional you know, streamers and things like that. Yeah, he's a Facebook streamer. Yeah. But why is he streaming? Because it's building the brand and he streams with other people. And then they're like, who's this guy? I don't know. You know, if you're watching a stream for Call of Duty, you don't necessarily know who Max Holloway is. But him streaming with someone is a way to build the brand. Yeah, but whose brand? UFC. He's not. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He's not. He's not out there building the UFC brand. He's 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 a certified Where, Facebook. What fights are they going to watch? Wait, hold on. Hold on. He's he's a Facebook. Wait, wait. This, let, let me speak. He's a Facebook streamer because he's Max Holloway. He's not going out there. He's not signed to that deal as a Max Holloway UFC fighter. No, this is his own personal deal. Yeah, but you think that doesn't extend to the UFC? It does, but th- he's not doing it to promote the UFC. When if, if you listen to his interview, no, wait, hold on. If you've listened to his interviews, you know that when he's streaming, the last thing he wants to talk about is fighting. He doesn't want to talk about his job. He wants to just be a gamer. So it doesn't. I, I don't see how how that correlates when that's the last thing he wants to talk about. He's not out there promoting. Hey, come play Call of Duty with me. Let's talk about my upcoming pay per view fight. No, no, no. That's not what he's doing. He's out there streaming as Max Holloway. But then you got people like Chris Weidman and others that do that. So that's the thing. It's just more, it's going to get to the point where people are going to break off and start using those 
mediums to their advantage. Yeah, but they're not they they're not doing it to promote the UFC. They're doing it to promote themselves. Well, it's kind of the same with the whole situation that happened in WWE. These people tried to break off and do that. And then the WWE took their names and said, no, you can't stream it unless we get a cut. Yeah, but that's not happening now in the UFC. Because they're not trying to own these people. Because when when those people sign those uh, contracts to the WWE, it's like a like they're like they're signing like they're uh, because they're a character. Uh, you know, obviously some people use their real names, but they're signing away their likeness. These people aren't doing that when it comes to uh, their streaming. It hasn't gone to that point yet. Like obviously they do when they you know do the video game, the UFC, the official UFC video game. But when they create their own Twitch channels, they're they're not doing it to promote the UFC. I think it depends on the fighter depends on the situation because there's definitely like sean o'malley that fool definitely boasted about him on twitch and boasting about he's trying to build his brand as well yeah his brand not the ufc's brand his brand yeah but he still brings up the ufc because that's where he fights that's where his recognition is yeah but he's not doing it to further his ufc career good how 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 is how is streaming on Twitch gonna further your UFC career? Because you get if you get big on Twitch, those people are gonna tune into you the same way as viral like YouTubers fight boxing. Yeah, but UFC is not gonna be like, oh, you have X amount of Twitch subscribers here. Let me give you this favorable matchup. Right? If no. it brings enough attention. No, what it does is it's growing their fandom, the fighters' fandom. It's not growing the UFC directly. Yeah, they're tuning into the UFC to watch that person, but it's not for the UFC. It's for them. When they leave, they're not going to be like, oh, what's going on? Why isn't he here? They're going to know why he's not there. As soon as you dip a toe into the UFC and start watching, you start seeing other people, you become a natural fan. Not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah, but it's one of those things. If you're not an actual MMA fan, you're not going to just tune in for Holloway like that just because you watch them on Twitch. That's not true. There, He probably has legit fans that just like him. And don't care about his fighting. I don't know. Man. Speaking it's of fighting, <laughs> wait, say that Jeff again. I can hear I you. That speaking of fighting, uh, Nina Nunez versus Mackenzie Dern. Oh, we're still talking about that card. <laughs> Dern, I'll never be mad at watching Dern fight. She's she's a great fighter. Yeah, it's a Nunez first fight, actually. That's what she actually has Nunez's last name now, Nina. Yeah, I noticed that. That's nice. I mean, they had the baby and she come coming back, see how she does. She's a good fighter. She's gonna get submitted, but Yeah, I think Mackenzie Dern wins. Unfortunately. You you'd think being with the, you know, goat of women's MMA that it would rub off on you, but <laughs> right? Am I wrong? Well, I think he was laughing because of the rubbing part, not because of. See, I I wasn't trying to make that sexual. Jamie makes a good point. I don't know. It's just like. You can't really expect her to have the same skill set or the same power, you know, did a lower weight, you know, maybe a different drive. Did she carry this baby? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. It's going to be interesting coming back post-pregnancy. Mackenzie Dern did it. She did That's it. And she was fine. She was fine. Honestly, she looks pretty ripped. Nunez, uh, Nina, like coming back, like she's 
pretty ripped like and she was you know no you know like lost her muscles because you know bought you know span because old and baby and she's back to like she looks exactly how she was before so yeah. i think she'll be fine in terms of you I'm know curious to see how she performs i you know this is the first fight since i had my interaction with her uh, over in, in disney springs so i'm uh, i would i wouldn't mind if she won she was really nice in person so Oh man. Oh man, you guys are crazy. Well, <laughs> it seems like you guys are pretty much we can wrap it up here, it's totally fine. We got Oh, oh go ahead. No. Go go ahead, Jamie. No, I, I was just going to wrap it up, but if you have something else to say. No, I mean, we can we can wrap it up. We we definitely covered a lot of ground. We've we've been inactive for for a couple weeks and I think we're kind of up to speed. Yeah, cuz I I I didn't want to dive too deep into uh, Whitaker, Gastelum, or Usman, Masvidal, because we're definitely going to be back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, before we go, you guys want to uh, say anything else? Last minute shout outs or anything? Thanks, Jeff, for uh, relaying my message. <laughs> You're welcome. Appreciate it. Sometimes I ramble on. It's all right. Me too, man. Yeah about stuff that it just doesn't make sense but thank you guys again for doing the podcast i really appreciate it thank you guys all for listening this has been super awesome and we'll be back next week <laughs>